What is up, people? And thank you so much for listening in to this edition of the New Generation Hero Talk Podcast. I am your host, EJ Stewart. We got a lot to get to on today's show. We'll be talking about Wonder Woman 1984. Patty Jenkins, the director of that movie, spoke a little bit of details about what separates this movie from her last movie, Wonder Woman, as well as her future with the franchise. So I'm curious to get my guys' thoughts on that. We'll also be talking about Chloe Bennett and what her future future is as Daisy Johnson. As we know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is in its last season. We're coming out to his last episodes. And um, uh, the woman known as Quake spoke about what she hopes the future could be for her character moving forward beyond the show. Uh, we got some video game news, which we don't normally talk about much, but we're going to throw it in there. And uh, Vincent D'Onofrio, Daredevil actor, made some comments about who he thinks should be the man without fear in the MCU, so that should be a good podcast. We got episode recaps of uh, Doom Patrol and of Stargirl. Joining me are my co-hosts, starting with Shamari Stewart and Sham. I gotta bring up this story because when I saw this, I literally thought it was a, I thought it was like a fake story. Like I really thought this was something that was fake. That you know, some blogger or somebody just or maybe even a parody uh, website. I didn't know what was going on, but I, I saw a headline and it read. Uh, Michael Jackson pursued the role as Professor X in the X-Men movies. And I'm like, what? So apparently, Shem, back in, this is now, you know, 1999, you know, the X-Men movie that's supposed to come out in 2000 is about to come out, and they're looking to cast people. And according to the Hollywood Reporter who spoke with um, Lauren Schuler, who's the X-Men producer, uh, she said that Michael Jackson himself wanted to play the role of Professor X. And you're thinking about, yes, Billy Jean, Billy Jean, Michael Jackson, Thriller, Michael Jackson, Bad Michael Jackson, that that Michael Jackson. I'm not talking about any other Michael Jackson that you may think of, you think it can't be the king. Yes, the, the quote-unquote king of pop, Michael Jackson, wanted to play Charles Xavier. <laughs> now, apparently, this is how it all went down. He, he went into the Fox offices. He apparently... Was wearing sunglasses, didn't shake hands with nobody. Uh, all he wanted to do was just talk about taking on this role as Professor X. And um, they said to him, apparently, you know that Charles Xavier is a white guy. And apparently Michael, according to uh, to Schuler, told him, uh, oh, yeah, I know. I can wear makeup for that. And that he, he was really interested in this role. He really wanted this role. Sham, Mike doesn't have... A large, you know, filmography in terms of acting. But what, what do you make of his interest in wanting to play Charles Xavier? Where do you think it came from? Because this is like the most bizarre thing I think I maybe have ever talked about on the show. To me, um, it is very bizarre. I did not expect that. Um, I mean, I, I mean, to be to be frank and to be blunt and honest, um. The first thing that comes to mind is that Charles is running a school full of school children. Ooh. And I know, you know, Professor X, uh, you know, uh, was dealing with that's that's he was the headmaster of the school. So I mean, that's that the is first true. Thing that comes to mind. Sorry, if you know what a, a dark. I, that's a the dark first. Extent. That's the first. <laughs> oh man! With well. the brain singer. Now what's interesting about is because the article that the excerpt uh, comes from. An article, a very interesting article from the Hollywood Reporter on Brian mm-hmm. Singer and the chaos that was that X Men uh, movies. I believe it was X Two. It might have been X Two, but the the set and the stuff, the crazy stuff that happened on the set 
And so there's a lot of stuff in there yeah. that does not make Brian Singer look good. But continue. <laughs> not to yeah. Off. yeah, I know. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's I mean, that's the first thing that comes to my mind when you think of why why he might have thought this would have been a good role for him. Um, so, you know, I mean, it is what it is. You can take that for whatever, however you want to take it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously I think, I think we're, we're, we're all happy with the job that Patrick Stewart did. I know I am. Um, I mean, Michael Jackson was obviously an extremely talented person and I don't think he would have. Shaq, Shaq wanted to be in that movie as well. Yeah, I don't, I, look, I don't doubt. I don't it. know who he was going to play. Bishop, I guess. <laughs> Maybe. Um, I don't think I don't think that he couldn't have played any role in the movie. You know, I mean, I'm sure he, I'm sure he, he's so talented. People like him, I'm just like, you could play, you could ha- have a role, and not do a horrible job. He, he probably actually would have been Like, uh, not Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart is Professor X, but like, would he have been passable? I think he would have been passable. He probably would have looked ridiculous. Um, I mean, maybe he would have been. I don't know. Yeah, he would have looked ridiculous. But in terms of play, Charles Xavier is a pretty monotone kind of character. So, you know, could <laughs> Michael Jackson yeah, pull that off? in that movie. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah. He, he wasn't was, super animated. Right. They, they didn't even like that McAvoy. much. Right, yeah. exactly. So I, I certainly could have seen uh, Michael Jackson as, as Charles Xavier. It just would have been, like, yeah. it just would have looked ridiculous. Yeah. Why? The guy looks so weird. Caliban, maybe, he could have played. I mean, we all know Mike... <laughs> Obviously, he was a special talent, but Mike was not in the best place. I feel in nineteen ninety nine, two thousand. I would think, considering where we where he was, allegations surfacing, some of the behavior. I feel like it wasn't too long after that he was holding kids outside of, you know, off of balconies. Like, I, it's just I don't know. I find this weird. Like I I I sound speeches on this podcast, and I shouldn't be because the podcast shows a talk. But I really don't know what to make of this. Like, this is a very peculiar thing. And I'm glad Sham brought up the whole school thing. Because I, I've, I, I sat there and I read this article for, like, a long time. I don't know how long. But, you know, half hour maybe? 20 minutes? Like, you know, doing other things. I was also thinking, like, what? Why would Mike be interested in Charles Xavier? And, like... I don't know. Nothing about his. Nothing about him ever. You know, talked about superheroes or in interest. That doesn't. That's not. You know, an issue. But it's just. I mean, that's a very specific pull in 1999. Maybe in 2020. It's not that crazy for just some random person to be like, "Oh yeah, I could play that role." You know, 1999. There's really no superhero movie out. X Men never been on the big screen at that point in time. Yeah, there was a cartoon, but that was it. It's just seen now that was a very famous cartoon that we're in the 90s that we just came out of. So maybe Mike's uh, exposure to 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 Charles was from there. But when Chan mentions the, the whole thing with the kids, I, I feel like that that has to be some of it. And then the other thing, too, I think, is we know, you know, Mike didn't have a childhood because of his show business act. And I wonder if him playing a quote unquote superhero was his way to kind of like be a kid again. I don't know. It's, 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 it's very, it's, it, because Michael is a very complicated person. It is very, I'm very fascinated by that. The idea that he like, cause I heard he went to play for sex. I was like, Oh, he probably was, you know, BS and whatever. When I heard, Oh, he actually had a, a meeting with the executives at Fox and pulled up and was trying to make a pitch for why he should be the guy. Um, 
they had the whole thing straightened out about him being a white man and even the fact that I think it's interesting that he was fine with playing a white man. It wasn't he wasn't gonna try to say, Oh no, I'm a black professor X. He was just like, Oh, I'll be I wear makeup which again, also a little surprising considering it's nineteen ninety nine. Mike at that point looks a little different than he did fifteen years before. So it's like, does he really need that much makeup? I don't know. But yeah, this this was this was weird. But yeah, Kendall Kendall pointed to it. There was a lot of uh disturbing stuff in that um expose about uh Brian Singer's time on X Men and talk about him being you know, on the narcotics during the filming of X2 and them having to basically, you know, shut down uh, operations on, on one day and, you know, you know uh, Halle Berry telling him to, you know, kiss her black behind because, uh, uh, you know, if, if one of the producers threatened to leave and he was trying to get them to come back the day after they, they hold the whole fiasco, um, which led to Hugh Jackman being hurt in a stunt. I mean, it was... It was it's crazy how great those two X-Men movies are considering the chaos it seems like there was behind the scenes. Definitely paints a crazy picture. Brian Stewart. I mean, Brian, Brian Stewart. Brian uh, Singer, man. I mean, I told Shamari. Well, you know what? I'm not going to say it on the show. But I told Shamari off air. You know, he, he may, he, he may, uh, his day is coming. Yeah, you get that feeling. You get that feeling. You know, sometimes, <laughs> uh, you know, enough smoke, the vultures start to circle. Um, yeah, you feel like Singer's Day is coming. And look, <laughs> man, like, <laughs> and look, like, at the end of the day, like, people, it's not like people haven't been trying to talk about Brian Singer. They it's have. Very odd that nothing has come of it yet. Yeah, they have. And nothing, nothing has really come of it. I think they didn't, he didn't show up at a Golden Globe one year, maybe, or something like that. I don't, I don't remember. Like, like, it was just like, like, very, whatever issue he had to deal with, like, you know, up front, like he he didn't really have to deal with it in a major way. He wasn't fired or lost his job or anything. It was very minor, whatever he had to deal with. Um. So, but yeah, yeah. This 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 did not paint him in a good light. And you do feel like his day is indeed coming. Uh, Kendall, obviously, you heard him. He's he's with us as well. And the other story I thought that was fascinating, Kendall, was um, the star of Batwoman, Cameron Johnson, who plays Luke Fox in the show. You know, he apparently did a walkthrough of DC Fandom, which is fascinating to me because I, I thought it was a virtual experience. I didn't know, I don't even know what a walkthrough entailed. But I guess there's a, a place where that's happening. I don't know. But regardless, he said he did a walkthrough. It's scripted. <laughs> he said he did a, a walkthrough uh, with some of the DC actors. Uh, and he said, quote, y'all, that thing is going to blow your minds. Holy cow. He said, it's genius. And um, apparently, in response, uh, Wallace Day, who played Cretonian uh, uh, in Krypton, uh, wrote, quote, cool, right? And that has led people to be excited for many reasons. Number one, um, here's, you know, the first actor or anybody giving us any, I don't know if I call it insight, because he didn't tell us anything that's going to be yeah. involved with it. But he's at least speaking about what to expect from DC fandom and saying that it looks awesome and it looks dope. And then of course you had, you know, a Krypton actor talking about it. And it's like, how would he know Krypton is supposed to be a dead show? She, uh, she, yeah, she, I'm sorry. Sorry. She, um, so, so why is Wiles day, uh, talking about this? And, um, so it's led to a lot of questions. Kind of what do you, what do you make of, uh, of these tweets? Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's interesting. I mean, when you talk, when you look at, obviously, again, the Cameron Johnson tweet alone is, um, 
is fairly big because like you just said, you know, we get our first kind of preview into you know what we're going to get from uh from D- DC fandom there there's been a lot of smoke about this being a huge event um from certain pe- people in, in in the industry and we know that DC is going to come locked and loaded with a lot of stuff that we expect stuff from the Batman stuff from the Snyder cut stuff from the CW shows but there could be some stuff that we're not expecting uh we do know there's two secret movies that we we haven't heard about and then when you throw in the Wall of State tweet, um, that suggests that maybe Krypton is involved. That is another level of interesting because Krypton is a show that's been off our radar for about a year. I don't remember the last time we've talked about Krypton on the show. And it's a good show. I mean, I know you guys love Krypton. I know Shamar is a huge Krypton fan, right? So Oh yeah, Krypton was fantastic. So I mean the fact that there's a possibility that there could be something in the works revolving around krypton i mean what do we think that is do we think that krypton's going to be on hbo max is this are we or is that like the favorite at this point are we placing bets on krypton to hbo max or is this or is uh it, no yo. i'm not jumping that far i don't think that i think that krypton's a dc alum and i think that they know that it has an interesting fan base or not interesting that's the wrong word it's they have a they have a, a, a interested a, fan base. A, yeah, an interested fan base, a niche fan base, a, a fan base that is strong and rise for that show, and it should because it was a good show. And I think that they will always want to keep them in the fold to some degree. Um, it's going to be a property that will be on HBO Max if it isn't already. Um, so it doesn't make sense just to you know just to just you know get them out of there. And and you know we we saw it earlier in the week or last week. When they had, you know they announced all those uh, shows from the old UPN nine, uh, my nine days with you know the game and the Parkers and girlfriends and and you know they they brought all the actors back and they were all part of the rollout. I'm sure for Warner Brothers they don't look at these, and to me that's how Warner Brothers kind of handled everything. Like I don't think they look at people as like, oh you're gone like we don't f with you on any way on any level. I mean they literally brought back. A director they fired to finish an old movie, so I think they they operate differently than Disney. Does. Where I think Disney, you know, you're like the witness protection. Like, you know, you're off. You you don't you don't work with them. Like you never see that person again. You know, they don't big them up in any way. It's over. Um, I don't. I never got the impression that Warner Brothers was like that. And I feel like that's what that is with that. I will say, to me, you know, cameras has to me sometimes been. Uh, prone to speak in a little hyperbole in his tweets before and comments before. So I don't want to jump out the window for like his excitement for this. But I mean, again, to me, to, to speak to the fact that, again, he said there was a walkthrough again, is that a virtual walkthrough where you're just reading the scripts or reading lines or you're going through the show lineup? Is that a physical walkthrough? That tells me that this may be a way more, uh, Invasive, I guess is the word. I don't know if that's the word. Expansive event that maybe I anticipated. I thought this would be more similar to what we had with uh, Comic Con, but that to me, you wouldn't really need a walkthrough to do that. You could just tape whatever you're gonna do, and then you just move on. Um, the fact that he was with other people and they had to kind of all coordinate something that 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 leaves me interested. I'm curious now. I, I knew this was gonna be a big event, but now I'm, I am curious about what exactly is gonna happen. And then I don't think that's an accident. It was an accident. That you had him say that, and you had uh, the director of Flash talking about 
Flashpoint, you know, him kind of laying out, hey, man, this is a movie about Barry going back in time to save his mom. Uh, I know he said it's like a, I think it was a German outlet, I want to say. Spanish or German, I forgot. It was an international outlet where he, he said it. But um, but I, I think DC's ready to, they're ready to, to, to have a big rollout. They're, they're ready. I think that this fandom event is going to be massive. I, I think we're going to hear some huge news. That's how I'm taking it. I don't know. What do you think, Sam? I mean, that's definitely how it seems. I, DC's been hyping up this event for for a, quite a while now. Um, and for good reason. I mean, based, just based on the things that we know are going to be there, it sounds like this is going to be a, a massive, massive event. And I don't think it's going to be massive in the amount of things, just in the, just in the what is what quality. is delivered. Yeah, yeah, the quality of what's going to be shown. Right, I think is going to be very significant. Um, I mean, it's an all-day event, so and they've even the the website that they have set up. There's going to be different sections of the event, so I don't know if things are going to be going on at the same time. It seems like it's going to be very different from comic-con and how they structured everything where they just kind of release release panels um some of this stuff probably i would assume would have been pre-recorded also just because it's probably easier to handle that way um but, but it seems like some of it will not be based on what um you know cameras is saying so um yeah either way it seems like it's going to be really exciting and I know the actors, of course, they want to hype up the things that they're going to be involved in or things that where they have a stake in the game, so to speak. In of course, terms of, that's, the, that's their money. Yeah, that's their money. So, of course, he's going to try to get people excited, right. try to get his fan base excited. But he didn't have to say this if this was lame or if he thought this would be lame at all. Yeah, like he didn't have to go this far. Yeah, he could have he really out some tweet that said, With everything check that out DC have... fandom, August 20th, blah, 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 exactly. blah, blah. You know, like people, that, DC people were gonna go anyway. Yeah, they're gonna watch anyway. And so, yeah, he he definitely didn't say he's gonna blow people's minds away or whatever. He yeah, says. like, like there's no reason for that kind of hyperbole. Right. I, I think that he's. Re, I think he even he is excited. Yeah. For what? Yeah, for, yeah you're right about shown. that. And he's setting himself up to be destroyed if it's something lame. Yeah, if it's lame. If it's like that nothing got like, eliminated, yeah, people nothing got like, announced. Yeah, people yeah. are gonna be tweeting at Cameron Johnson. Why did you say this was gonna be cool when the best thing was? You know, a Batwoman trailer or something. Like, yeah. I don't know. Saturday, August 22nd, man. DC Fandom. Uh, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. That apparently, it's going to be the place to be. We got to do some kind of, you know, I'm off that day. We got to commit to some kind of content for not just this podcast, but YouTube for the DC Fandom. I, I feel like the people need it. I think this is going to be, I think this is going to be big. I, and it's so weird because I don't know if anyone has a great feeling for what's going to happen. But... It, it, the fact that this week, you know, we we got some stuff to talk about this week. But the fact that this week, in terms of big news and rumors, was you know a little quieter than than recent weeks. I think I think we're leading up to something, and I don't know. I can't. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a big trailer. I don't know if it's um, movies being announced. I don't know if it's both. But I feel like there's going to be uh, some big stuff happening. I, I'm 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 going to commit to to getting you guys some some great content for when that happens. So. Be on the lookout for that. Uh, let, let's continue the show now. Let's talk about uh, top story for today. We're going to talk about Patty Jenkins. She's, of course, the director for One Woman 1984. And she did an interview with the German magazine Geek, where she shared some details about her new movie and her future with the franchise. 
She contrasted how the new film differs from the first Wonder Woman movie, saying, quote, Wonder Woman 84 gave me a chance to do a lot of things I couldn't accommodate in the first movie. I was so happy to tell Wonder Woman the Wonder Woman origin story. It was almost her birth, but we haven't really seen what she is capable of. It is exactly exciting for me to show her at the peak of her strength, but it's also very important that she fights an eternal struggle. She's a goddess and tries to help humanity. She is not only someone who fights evil, she tries to show how bad people how to improve. It's an interesting dilemma. So that was her kind of take on, on where Diana is at this point in her life and how um, she's grown from the first movie to 84. And that's, you know, that's about 50 years of growth or 60 years of growth if you look at when Wonder Woman one took place now when speaking about her future with the franchise she said this is that the third installment would likely be her last time working with the character she said the next one one woman three is probably my last wonder woman movie so i have to put everything i want to show there we have to think carefully um i'll go to sham first what do you make of her approach to this wonder woman sequel coming up with 1984 and her idea that her third movie uh will be her last um well i mean i think that uh her i think that the third movie being her last is um i mean i think that's unfortunate because she's done such a good job and she clearly has such a such a good grasp on the character but i also think that um i wouldn't say i don't believe it necessarily I just think that we're going to see more of Wonder Woman. I think she may, that may, may very well be her last Wonder Woman solo movie, but she'll continue working with other directors, producers, because I feel like Wonder Woman is going to be involved in many other DC movies, even maybe even beyond Wonder Woman 3, whenever that comes out, which is probably going to be quite a few years, especially with COVID. It's going to be quite a few years from now anyway. Um, but, you know, I, I think she's going to be involved in uh, the DC Warner Brothers, um, you know, it, with their with their handling of Diana as a character going forward. So I'm not too, too um, concerned with that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm I am excited to see to see her what she's going to do with Wonder Woman 84. I mean, to see where she's going to take the character, how we're going to see Wonder Woman um, uh, kind of at her peak. Um so to speak, and, and we're going to get to see her do more. And, you know, like I said, I was spoiled a little bit with uh, <laughs> with some stuff. I mean, I, I already told, I know I told Kevin oh, this. The, I believe, the poster stuff? Yeah, some of, some of the poster stuff and some other stuff that had leaked that I, I mean. I, this would be a gift, Smart, for being an internet scoundrel, man. You, well, I get. You're you all know, over the internet. You, you're on top of things. But that, this is what happens. Sometimes, you know, me being, you know, so detached like, to me kind of just. Staying away until you know time to prepare for the show. It allows me to kind of know the surface area, know where to move away from, and I, I don't get caught like that as much as you do. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like every couple weeks, you're like man, I got spoiled, and here we are again, man. Too good. You're too. You're too good at the internet. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I don't know. So I I feel like I know what she's talking about when she's what when she's talking about Wonder Woman being at her peak and all that. Um, but either way, I'm still excited. <laughs> <laughs> Still excited to see it anyway. So, yeah, this movie's going to be special, for sure. Yeah, I mean, the stuff about the movie, uh, that movie's not coming out for, like, a year, so we'll, uh, we'll I'll wait to see the trailer. Apparently, they're releasing a new trailer um, when Inception comes out, 
which is like, what does that mean when Inception comes out? But uh, they're re-releasing Inception uh, in theaters, I guess. We'll see if that happens. That, that, they go through, right. but uh, they plan on releasing... Uh, yeah, exactly. And they plan on releasing Warner Brothers uh, a Wonder Woman trailer um, for that. So we'll get that in the next couple of weeks. But in terms of Patty Jenkins... Um, this being her last movie, I mean, or the Wonder Woman 3 being her last movie, I, I don't know if I need another Wonder Woman after Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman 3. You know, like, we're talking about it being a trilogy. I think a trilogy is fine. I don't think Wonder Woman necessarily has to be a six-movie character. Um, if they want to make a fourth one, they can. Um, but, it, like, at what point does, like, all right, Wonder Woman, you know, there are there are very few characters that can do more than three movies, and those three movies better be good. Well, that's what I was just gonna mention, Kendall, because like, why is it that superheroes besides Superman seem to be cut at three movies? I know a lot of it is, I think, you know, director and actor fatigue. Well, a lot of times it's they they jump the shark at some point, meaning they, <laughs> which is a, a reference to Happy Days where they they decided to have one of the characters jump the shark. And that's when the show fell apart. A lot of times they they get back after at some point. Typically, it's the third one where you know you look at Spider Man. Everybody wanted Spider Man four, but they couldn't do Spider Man four because the, th- the third one was so bad, and everybody kind of went their separate ways, and that was it. They had to reboot it. Same with the X Men. You know, three. yeah, we weren't we weren't gonna get an X Men four because X Men three was so bad, and everybody kind of again they blew that up as well. So, I guess technically the the new X Men installment did go four movies. Yeah. Yes. Yes, that was that was a four movie, Oof, man, and that was I guess that's your 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 you know your clear worst, example of what yeah, happens when you go scenario. when you yeah. go beyond three, and the third one was terrible, right? You know, like what's the reason to believe that the fourth is gonna be better than the third? You know, and we even saw with Superman, like you know, Transformers fell apart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Transformers, another one. So I mean, Marvel, you know, we're getting to a fourth Thor movie. We'll see what that looks like. Um, that's really the only one. That would be the the first Marvel fourth movie, fourth installment mm-hmm. of a movie. I mean, it's yeah, kind of Endgame, Avengers, yeah, yeah. But um, but uh, Endgame is really a part one and two. So I think I would consider Thor, Thor, whatever that uh, Thor: Love and Thunder, whatever that turns out to be. Assuming Chris Hemsworth is pretty involved in the movie, which I think he will be, but if he's not, then that's then I consider that a reboot. But but don't, uh, you, but don't you feel like with Thor, like the the series, even though the mo- the movie is like there's no the continuity is not fried at um, Thor Ragnarok, but doesn't don't you feel like that movie is just like a, just totally separated from like the la- other Thor movies? Like, it almost feels like it almost like, feels like not, Love and Thunder is like the second Thor movie, really, in like this yeah, new brand, even though there's the same actors in it. Yeah, I, I'll, that's why I say I, I'll have to see the movie. If if Hemsworth like is really in the periphery where he's kind of like yeah, I'm in like you know a few scenes in the first 15 minutes and then it's a Jane Foster movie or I'm in the last 15 minutes, but for most of the Jane Foster, that'll be yeah. That's that's just that's no different than you know X Men First Class. But um, but if it's like a buddy cop type thing where Hemsworth is in it kind of the whole time, but he may not be the lead. Then maybe I'll consider that a fourth. But speak, but regardless, like with Wonder Woman, that just seemed that's that's a that's a long time from now. I was talking about a Wonder Woman four. 
Let's get to Wonder Woman 3. Let's, first of all, let's make sure 84 is good, which I think it will be. Let's come up with some sort of concept for a third. And then when we're done with that, if it's good, we'll talk about a fourth one. It doesn't have to be immediate. If it's a trilogy, I don't think anybody needs to see a fourth immediately. So you know, I was kind of surprised anyone even was talking about Wonder Woman right. 3. Right. Yeah, I know Wonder Woman 3. I'm like, wow. I mean, yeah, I'm assuming that's coming out. out but when is, when's that? That's two years from now. It was the f- two, three years from now. The fourth one is not coming out. Till what, 25, 26? Kind of like we were talking about Ryan Johnson directing episode 9 for Star Wars. Yeah. Before episode 8 even came out. Yeah. I can't wait for Ryan Johnson episode (laughs) 9. Make any sense. I don't know. It's going to be good. So, yeah. I mean, to me, I'm I'm thumbs down on the idea of, you know, I was talking about Patty Jenkins doing a a Wonder Woman 4. Um, I mean, like James Wan. Is James Wan doing Aquaman 4? You know, it's the same. It's the same. It's the same logic. You know, we don't. We haven't, we haven't even seen Aquaman two. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No footage from it or anything. The only difference is we haven't seen anything from. It. We haven't seen a trailer. We feel like we know right. something of uh, Wonder Woman eighty four. But like for the most part, it's pretty much the same. The same logic. And our Aquaman four seems like that's not ever going to come out again. Another one. I don't know if that's ever coming out. So no, but yeah, I agree with Shamar. Like Gal Gadot. Is another story. Like if she said, "I'm done with Wonder Woman after 80, after right. Wonder Woman three, I'd be wow, that's a problem." But the the filmmaker, it's unfortunate to say, but the filmmaker is always the most replaceable person because they're not on camera from a business standpoint. It may not from right creative. right because I'm about to say I was a creative. I don't know about that, but yeah, yeah. from a business standpoint, like yeah. you know, you could you could still. Uh, sell. sell exactly. I was exactly going to say you could still sell to the consumer. There are like there are some like you're still getting. Tenet's not selling the same if no one's not involved, mm-hmm, right? Sure. But like property like Wonder Woman, like DC, Marvel, Star Wars, right. those popcorn brands, they the 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 actors and actresses are the ones that sell the movie and the characters. Right. So Patty Jenkins, like Wonder Woman will still be alive after Patty Jenkins. So that's the that's the um that's the thing that you look at and you say, All right, you know, she might be better off doing other things, you know? Like, maybe she might not be like, I don't want to do four Wonder Womans. I want to do other superhero movies, Marvel. I want to do other characters. So, I'm for it. I mean, I, I, I definitely get, um, you know, maybe her not wanting to do more than three. You know, that that's, uh, that's, that's a lot. I mean, how many, how many directors have we seen, you know, follow, uh, you know, follow a movie and a franchise beyond, you know, four movies. I mean, uh, that's very rare there. George Lucas. Yeah, I was going to say, George Lucas is one guy. I mean, he might be the only guy. Like um, Spielberg with Indiana Jones. Yeah. Right, yeah, Spielberg. So, But we're talking about the Titans. You know? Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and Ridley, uh, Ridley Scott. Yeah. Yeah, so 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 it's 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 rare. It's a rarefied air. And it's not to say that Patty isn't worthy of that. I just think... There's good and bad that comes with it. Like it, it might not be good that, you know, uh, Spielberg and and Lucas were directing Star Wars Beyond Three. Like I mean, Star Wars fan may tell you a lot that it was not good that it was Lucas directing. You know, and to be fair, I guess Lucas Don't didn't direct. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> and to be fair, <laughs> and, you know, we're you know, yeah, be sorry. you know, Lucas I don't think directed Empire. So like, so you know, they, we're getting a little bit in the worms. But he, of course. Was a decade producer. He was very involved with all those <laughs> movies. Um, 
So I can understand Patty, you know, saying three, you know, that's time for me to find a new challenge. I think that that's good. I think that's good creatively. I, I would hope. Kendall said he doesn't know if he, there needs to be another a fourth one woman movie. I wouldn't. I wouldn't just close the book on that completely because again, like we've seen, you know, James Bond have I don't know how many movies at this point. We've seen uh, Indiana Jones have a bunch of movies. I don't think that there's a reason why you have to be capped at three. You know, if you can do more good stories, I think the, I think keep going. I think, the, the, but you can't just do it for the bag. That's the issue. Is that you have these companies that keep putting out, you know, garbage just for the sake of well, the name and the, and the franchise behind it is autom- is an automatic number. So we'll just put out whatever, and it doesn't matter. Creatively, we'll just we'll we'll, we'll make the money. You know what I'm saying? And that we don't want that. But if they if they had a great third. You know, one of them story that moved right into a great fourth one one of them story. Then they definitely should do it. And I feel like with the way Patty's kind of setting it up, I think it's probably it kind of reminds me of Thor. Says I think this this franchise may be more conducive than most to do four or five movies because you know we're jumping from nineteen you know you know World War One era nineteen eighteen nineteen whatever whenever World War One was, um, and then you're jumping to nineteen eighty four. You know, I don't know when the next movie would be, but it may not be in contemporary time still. Like, you could do a couple before you get to 2000 and whatever, and if you want to do one in the present day. So, and I think every movie is going to be stylistically very different. Like, this movie, just from everything I've seen in the promotion and the trailers we've seen, I mean, it looks very different. feels very different stylistically than anything in Wonder Woman. This looks way more fun than Wonder Woman 1 was supposed to be. Wonder Woman 1, I don't say it's a dark movie, but, I mean... I mean, it's not like it's a war. Movie. Yeah, it's a war movie. It's not the ray of sunshine. Now, it's not as dark as maybe like BVS, but um, but it's a Zack Snyder movie. He wrote it, you know. <laughs> so, so it's a different vibe. This one, you know, not written by Zack Snyder, and you can see just from its influences that that's out of the window now. You know what I'm saying? So, with every movie looking and sounding different, I don't see why you can't do more than three, and you can't go beyond, can't go go forward without. Patty Jenkins, but you know, depending on how good this one is, and if three does well, you know, you may Gal Gadot may look at that, look and say, I'm not gonna do another one with someone else, you know, and that might be smart in terms of uh, for the for the character, but I don't think there's a reason why you don't have to do. We have to just stop at three. I think you could do multiple movies that are well done. They just gotta be written well, and you know, have a director that has a, a great, you know, unique original um, idea. I do think that uh, I like. I do like, you know. Patty seems to put a lot of thought in like one of the progression through from the first movie to the second movie. Um, I kind of talked about a couple weeks ago how I thought you know whatever excuse they were making to retcon the whole her being disappeared disappearing from the world until BVS. I thought that that was corny and terrible, and I hated it. And I said that on this show, but I do I do think okay, let's take that away from it and just say okay, they're retconning BVS, so I can't even think about that anymore. Just Take the, what we learned from Wonder Woman as a character in that, in that movie, Wonder Woman, and see where you, you are here. I think what she says here makes a lot of sense. That, um, that you know, a lot of Wonder Woman is her kind of building up to that moment of her showing that ultimate strength against Ares by the end of the movie. And we do see those feats of strength and those you know, those acts of courage throughout, but it's, it's all building up to that. And then even at the end, we don't I don't think she's yet fully known her, her full abilities. Um I think it makes sense for her to be like, okay, now I know I'm the greatest, but like, what now? Like, I think that that's kind of how I take this is that, you know, 
her the first movie is her telling her origin and telling her kind of showing us who this woman is and now this is that woman diana now having to 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 come to grips with okay i have all this great power and all this great ambition like how do i put that to use and how do i how i how do i make that productive so her trying to have this issue where um where she's she's trying to save humanity, though she is above humanity in a sense, is um, it is interesting. You know, I, I think the idea that she feels like you know there's another level people as humans can can strive to, and, and her having the 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 experience of being again more than human is going to be. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of interesting dialogue and interesting kind of conversations you may have with someone like cheetah during this movie where it's like you know why can't you be better why can't you do this it's like well not everybody's diana not everybody has your ability your strength your resolve like i think that diana having to struggle with that is a great place to start with this movie i think a lot of one woman stories i think they work well when she's kind of dealing with that like how do i deal with these people who kind of suck you know, like I love these people and I want them to be safe and I want them to thrive. But like at the end of the day, like they always seem to kind of show me their ugliness and her trying to. And sometimes she doesn't deal with it well. You know, I think it's a, it's always a struggle with her. So seeing that that's the, the where she where they're moving towards in the first movie, I think that's a great direction. Um, that makes me excited. Uh, and it tells me that Patty's definitely thinking very, very deeply about uh, the right progression for this character. Any last thoughts on this, Shan, before we move on? Um. N- uh, no. I mean, really, just I'm just excited for this movie to come out. I'm excited for movie theaters to be safe again, and I'm hopeful that Patty Jenkins will continue working on Wonder Woman for many years to come. Yeah, I'm excited for the Knicks to be good again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're excited for the Knicks to be good again. I think you 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 uh you live <laughs> in this great space I, yeah. of seeing the Knicks struggle as a yeah, Celtic I'm, fan. Uh, Nah, I'm illuminating the uh, the idea that uh, theaters being safe again is going to be a while. Just like the Knicks being good again is going to be a while. Mm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but shout out to Patty Jenkins. Uh, shout out to Gal Gadot. I'm looking forward to 1984. Don't know when it's going to be, but whenever it is, I'll, I'll be ready and I'll be excited. Uh, let's talk about Chloe Bennett. So Marvel's, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is set to wrap up its last season this year, but Chloe Bennett does not sound like she's ready to give up her role as Daisy Johnson. She told Looper that she, quote, would definitely want to reprise the role, adding, quote, I have such a soft spot for her. Speaking of the character Daisy Johnson, a.k.a. Quake, I started shooting the show when I was 20, and then I finished when I was 27. To get this time right now in isolation to kind of contemplate the past seven years and how it's meant to me, how, how much it's meant to me, it hasn't really hit me that the show is over. So it doesn't really feel like I'm done playing her yet. Now, she has, uh, she says that Marvel Studios has not contacted her about the role. She has reprised the role as Daisy Johnson in animated form. So it's not like she hasn't, she's only uh, played Daisy on live action. They've done animated projects, but she's also played that same character. Uh, but mention, she did mention how the internet campaign behind Colson Lives helped launch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in the first place. So perhaps a big enough fan engagement could make Marvel Studios interested in wanting to bring uh, Chloe Bennett back. So uh, I go to Kendall. Is there a pocket in the MCU where you feel like Chloe, uh, Chloe's Daisy Johnson can fit in to the MCU? Uh, 
Uh, do I think there's a pocket in which J.D. Johnson could fit into the MCU? Um, I could see her fitting in some Disney Plus projects going forward. Uh, could we see, like, if we do do some sort of Young Avengers or Secret Warriors, New Warriors, whatever you want to call it type thing, um, could we see Daisy Johnson as kind of like the leader of the group with a bunch of maybe younger heroes, a Miss Marvel, Kate Bishop type thing, um, maybe training them, or maybe not training them because they're already heroes, but maybe training them to be like more S.H.I.E.L.D. agent type people. I could see that, you know, especially since, you know, she has powers, she could teach others how to use power, use their powers or whatever. Uh, maybe she connects with Miss Marvel a little more because they're both than humans. Like, there are ways in which they could do that, but it's very unlikely. Um, I, I, the odds are very low. I, much more, much more, we're much more likely to get the Netflix characters that we talked about last week than we already get, um, or two weeks ago, whenever we talked about it, than we already get, um, Davey Johnson in the MCU. You think so? Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Uh, if we're talking about the actors, maybe not all of them. You know, I'm not saying necessarily we're going to get Finn Jones back. The defenders. Right, yeah, I don't know if we have the entire defenders crop, but, like, if you told me, like, Cox and Bernthal or Davey Johnson, 100%, I think, it's more, more likely Cox or Bernthal. Um, that's just a contractual thing, I think. Um, but, yeah, but would I want to see Davey Johnson back? I think there are areas. I, I don't know where she would fit into, her, into, into any movies, but... Disney Plus, I think there's some series where she could make sense. I mean, even Falcon and Winter Soldier, she's not going to be in that right now. Maybe a second, second, second season or something like that. She could fit in there as well. But no, I don't really see any great fits for her at the moment. Miss Marvel could be another one. You know, if we do, if we do, if we do mention the whole Inhuman thing. So, mm-hmm. what about you, Chad? Um, I would love to see Daisy Johnson. You guys know I'm a big Daisy Johnson fan, so I would love to see Chloe Bennett reprise that role. Um. Do I think it's going to happen? Uh, I mean, pr- more than likely not. I mean, I, I'm not, I don't know why, uh, but why? Well, I mean, we all know why. But <laughs> but I mean, the the character is good in the show, and Quake is a very popular character, and I think the I think the fans could potentially, um, you know, get her back. But unfortunately, TV fans, you know, don't have the same thing when she start references Coulson lives i mean that was due to avengers no it's much different yeah it's a much different it's campaign. A very different campaign yeah. for it's funny when she mentioned colson lives i was like wow that was the first release to snyder cut kind of internet campaign in this superhero stuff like, i totally forgot about that yeah yeah um that's for a character but, that didn't have a past future in the canon that shows you like i mean marvel is big now but like marvel's movies were touching fans in a different even in a different way back then i think mm-hmm. yeah. that that was that was huge at the time this whole thing of like they got to bring back colson somehow <laughs> it's just like why he's just some like i mean we know why like clark Gregg was amazing but like he was just some like anonymous shield agent and the connection to marvel like, that's why like people talk about oh like you know marvel's only hot because of this like massive disney machine behind it that's such like bs like 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 what people's attachment to these characters that that came from the soul man like that was a true fan connection that a lot of these other films and film companies can't 
have been unable to replicate. And I think there's, you know, I've always talked about all the jealousy I think there is in Hollywood with how these superhero movies are doing. But when I just think about that campaign, I was just like, yeah, that was crazy. Like, and how it, you know, it's still happening. Because again, we had to release the Snyder Cut thing that was very similar in some ways. And how even 20 years later, or not 20, 10 years later, um, you know, that, that engagement is still there. But what Marvel, Marvel created is just, it's, it's unrivaled. Anyway, continue, Shane. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll be thrilled to see Chloe Bennett. I think it's more likely that she would. I mean, there's rumors that she's going to play Dr. Aphra in The Mandalorian. <laughs> I, I think it's more likely that we see her in that. One, yeah. Or that she has her own and that's show unlikely as well. regarding that yeah. character. Yeah, which that isn't even likely. But I think that's more likely. <laughs> Than I see in Quake, in really anything going forward. Um, I hope we. I hope to see her. Oh. I mean, I definitely hope so. Do I think the fans will come out like that? No, honestly, I do not. Is, I, I would jump on the bandwagon, but no, I don't see it. Is there the possibility of a ABC future for Davy Johnson? That's a little different. She told me because we have heard them stuff about Marvel and ABC still wanting to keep their relationship. ABC wanting to have some sort of show past Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That's Marvel-centric. If Daisy Johnson is in that, maybe it's still some sort of New Warriors, Eagle Warriors type of thing. Mm. Then I could see that. That's possible. I don't want to see Daisy... I don't want to see Quake with a Disney Plus budget. You would want to see that? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. With a Disney Plus budget or a movie budget. Um, I mean, I mean, the effects now, now are very good for TV. Yeah, yeah I think it's solid. Um... But with a Disney Plus budget, oh, I yeah. think that'd be something. And they can put her against adversaries special. that make more sense. Yeah. Yeah, I think that'd be something special. Yeah, I, I, I would love to see, you know, Chloe Bennett, you know, return as Daisy Johnson. I think that anybody who watches Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D., I don't think you could have asked for a better Daisy Johnson. She's fantastic in the role. Um, and every just... You know, I talked about it with Pattinson. I talk about it with a lot of these actors that get, you know, these superhero roles. I think a lot of it, yeah, you got to be really talented. Like, that's a big part of it, obviously. But there's also something about understanding what this culture is about and knowing its nuances and knowing its ugliness at the same time. It's not all great, you know. We talk about the crap that we see on the internet all the time. But, like, being able to navigate that and really, you know, put on for this culture is important and I just always have been so impressed with like how the Agents of Shield cast has been able to do that, like how much they embrace like these fans. Because you know, to be an Agents of Shield fan, like it's beyond being like a Marvel movies fan. Like that to me, like it's a little even more. It's super niche. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, the way Daisy or sorry Chloe <laughs> uh, embracing that at age 20, as she mentioned, and you know still to this day putting on for the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fans and for this superhero movie culture, superhero TV culture and still want to be a part of it. Feeling, looking at back in seven years being like, I ain't done yet. I mean, my thing is Kevin Feige, man, pick up the phone. Like, this is someone who absolutely has the talent, absolutely makes sense. I think that as they continue to expand on their cosmic adventures, we see you know Nick Fury potentially maybe, maybe doing something with S.W.O.R.D. I mean, that seems like an obvious fit to me with Daisy Johnson. Daisy Johnson may have been in Sword. I'm not. I'm not. I feel like she has been. Like, like I, I see. I see places where Daisy Johnson could absolutely fit. I know there isn't 
kind of a there isn't a shield operation happening. But you talked about Miss Marvel and Kamala Khan whenever she becomes, uh, um, you know, Miss Marvel, them both being Inhumans. And if you're not going to go with the royal family Inhuman thing because of what happened with that terrible ABC show you guys did, maybe Daisy and maybe Afterlife can be your way to kind of like get all that Inhuman stuff in there if you do want to keep that part. <laughs> yeah, that would be tragic. If they were just like, you know what? If what? If they don't, if they just, they scrapped the right royal family? <laughs> Scrap Black Bear. I mean, yeah, it would be, but it, I mean that that was a tragic show. <laughs> you know I mean? It'd be a, it'd be a fitting it'd be a fitting move to what was a tragic ending to to the royal family on television. I mean, to, really, I think, gonna, I think they're gonna just reboot it. I think they're gonna say that never happened. I mean, which is a smart way to go. I don't. I mean, I think they 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 absolutely can, but they also cannot. Like, I I, I don't see. I also think they may not make Miss Marvin, Miss Mar- Marvel, an inhuman. I don't. Nobody's really talked about that. I think that's, that's very fair. possible. Yeah, I think she will be. Again, my guess. Uh, my guess would be probably, but I think she'll be an inhuman, and I think they're going to completely reboot the, in, the the inhuman. Like some of the story may be around, but whatever we saw from like that joint from ABC, not never happened. Either that, or maybe they just recast. It. Well, I agree. I don't think. I don't think they'll ever. I agree that they will never mention or even pro- approach anything that was on ABC with the Inhuman show. I agree with that. Right. I don't. I'm not. I'm not sure about. And they're not going to bury Blackpool. What do you mean not bury him? Because again, I, I don't know. In the near, not that maybe not. You know. I don't know. I, I mean, Marvel has been has shown. And the reason why I say I don't know, Kendall, is because Marvel has shown. A, I don't know if willingness is the word. I think in a perfect world they'd love to have everybody, but they they've shown to be comfortable with just not exploring certain parts of the Marvel universe or avoiding certain parts for contractual reasons or whatever, and propping up bigger other people into bigger roles to fill the void. You know, like I think the reason why we have a Guardians of the Galaxy is because we don't we didn't have a Fantastic Four. You know, like certain things, certain movies. The reason why we have an Ant Man is because we probably because we didn't have Wolverine and like a bunch of other characters, Silver Surfer. Like there's there's so many big Marvel characters that they haven't had because of contractual reasons that they they decide okay we're gonna do our own thing and this Marvel universe is gonna be obviously very much influenced by the Marvel universe you grew up reading in the comic books or watching cartoons, but it's not gonna be completely you know one for one everything's the same and it shouldn't be because everything should be original everything should be uh, in your own vision. So. Could they just say, oh, we, we tried the Inhuman thing, we put it on television, it was a bomb. We don't really need to go down that route. Because to me, I see a complication coming where you have to explain these Inhumans, and then you got to explain these mutants, and how that's going to, that, that, that looks like, that to me is, an, is an, a potential avalanche that could be a lot if you're talking about introducing Kamala Khan rather soon. Now, if you're talking about, and mutants rather soon. Now, I'm saying, well, we're not going to see mutants for now we don't know when we're gonna see movies done again, <laughs> but let's just say movies get back to normal production by the start of next year. Let's just say hypothetically. I mean, if you're talking about you know Captain Marvel two coming out in what 2022, and Kamala Khan being in that movie, you would think that you know, you're gonna to have to do something with humans probably in that movie, or at the very least, there's gonna probably be a Disney Plus show. The the Miss Marvel Disney Plus show would have to broach the human thing for sure and that's going to come out either before or 
soon after Captain Marvel. Well, then how are you going to introduce, okay, here are these human powers people and how they got their powers. And then there are these other people, these mutants that you guys never heard of that we got to explain them. That might be a lot. I could see Marvel kicking the can on one of them and they ain't going to be the mutants. The humans are definitely going to be the ones that are kicked in that scenario. So, so that's where I kind of, I pause in terms of what the future of the humans are. And that's where, okay, I can see where maybe Daisy Johnson wouldn't work with Kamala Khan. So if they're not going to go with Inhumans, then there's no connection there. But if, that, if they're still committed to that, that's definitely a natural fit. Especially, again, again, like I said, if you're not going to go with the whole royal family thing, Daisy Johnson, her connection to Afterlife, I think is a perfect fit to kind of go through that whole new Inhuman heritage thing. And again, the space stuff with, um, uh, with you know Sam Jackson, Nick Fury, and obviously there, Maria Hill. You know that also makes a lot of sense. There was also the report um, a couple of weeks ago about uh, about how they were thinking about doing some sort of Illuminati project. Black I did Bolt, see that. A part of that. Mm-hmm. You know. Now, does that mean that Black Bolt would be in that? I mean, they're. There, there are other characters that you can put in the Illuminati, but it, you know, I mean, if we're talking about like MCU figures that could be in the Illuminati, I feel like you know you're looking at Strange, obviously. Um, Black Panther could probably be a part of that. Yeah. Um, Marvel Charles Xavier. Yeah, yeah, actually Charles Xavier. I mean, we don't know when that's going to be. That's the only problem. But I mean, it can't. Would, it can't be within the next three years. Yeah, that, that has to you be. You know what I'm saying? Illuminati would have to be. I mean, it can't be at least in, between now and 2022. There's no way we're seeing an Illuminati <laughs> movie. <laughs> yeah, it may not. Yeah, it may not. So you know, it's not gonna be for a little while. Right. Um, but if we're talking about like the introduction, now could you do something where like one of them mentions the Illuminati? You know, like, it doesn't have to be. You don't have to show all five or six of them um, at once. No, I think that's I think that'd be the best way of doing, going about it. If you're gonna have an after credit scene revealing them, that'd be the best way of going about it. But if maybe it's just one of them saying, "I got to report this to," we got to talk to the Illuminati or something like that. <laughs> you know, this is crazy. But um, the thing about the Marvel Illuminati though that people forget is Black Bolt was a scroll, which added layers to the Secret Invasion storyline. Right. Right. So there's. I don't think they'd make him a scroll since we never know we never met him. But I think it goes both ways. It goes, okay, yeah, well, we know well. we heard all this secret invasion this. smoke. <laughs> and we've also we, we've also heard, you know, at the same time, I can say, well, that could be a reason not to include him. Because you say, well, the first one, he really wasn't Black Bolt. So do you put Reed Richards? Do you maybe put Hank Pym instead of Reed Richards? Like, there are, there are ways you can go about it as well. Other ways you can go about it. Be creative. Stark, obviously, not in there. Maybe he is. Maybe he was. Maybe he started it, you know? Maybe... It was his idea, maybe the Illuminati project. You know, there are ways they, there are interesting avenues. I, I think that that's something that they should do soon. Um, that's just a story I want to see. You know, similar to how obviously, like, you know, after the Avengers, first thing I wanted to see was Civil War. You know, and it ended up being good. You to know, be honest, I mean, to be honest, I feel like the Illuminati. I mean, the, a great place for the Illuminati to be to debut would be like Black Widow to me. I am. I'm not. I'm not trying be your, to be your pitch. Or like, um, what are you envisioning? That's in terms of maybe some. Maybe somehow. 
because you know we know that Black Widow is supposed to be kind of a little unpacking a little bit of like why things are the way they are in the Marvel universe. We right. don't really know what that means because they're being very vague for good reason. But to me, like that would be a good way to say, oh, the Illuminati was pulling some strings in certain places, and that's where. It, that would be crazy. And then Natasha had run into some people, and that's, you know, the whole conflict may be something started by the Illuminati. Like, yeah. that would that would be, that to me would be the perfect place to introduce them. Is it? it I'm not, I mean, it's, I, I'm not going to say that that's what's going to happen. I, I don't right. think so. I think that, you know, that's something, they, they have characters they want to put in there that they don't have yet. So they. It's just a shame we can't get that Hulk moment of them shipping out the Hulk. Yeah. Yeah, I think they'll find a way to to replicate it, of them doing something else kind of sinister to like someone else that maybe is a little out of control. Maybe it's Wanda. I don't know, mm. but um, but that's gonna be that's that's gonna be unfortunate. But I, I do I do to get back to our whole original thing. I mean, I do think Chloe has a fit, and I I I think she has the best chance by far of anyone on uh, Ages of Shield of coming back i think that her age i think the importance of her character to the marvel canon is great reason for her to to possibly make a run i don't, I don't think it's as unlikely as kendall does i think that there is a decent chance um she's the character i think everybody talks about in terms of people you want to see besides you know colson come back um and if you're gonna try to add more you know marvel superheroes more characters and you're thinking about who we can Add that would bring some value and bring some fanfare. Uh, to me, that's a no-brainer. I mean, Quake, that would be huge news if they put Chloe Bennett in a Marvel movie or a Marvel uh, show somewhere. So I hope they do it. That's that's how I feel about it. Um, I told you we talked some video games, and I feel like we got to because I think it does in some ways link up to this movie stuff we talk about. So uh, Crystal Dynamics, they're the developers making the video game Marvel's Avengers, confirmed two new characters that will be added post-launch. Last week, they released a trailer revealing that Hawkeye would be uh, part of the post-launch. And then Monday, associate, uh, associate art director Jeff Adams wrote a blog post confirming that they will be doing an original take on Spider-Man that would appear as a PlayStation exclusive on the PS4 and the PS5. Now, um, obviously, you know, the video game rights to uh, Spider-Man belong to Sony. So I'm assuming they had to cut some kind of deal to get Spider-Man onto the uh, onto the Marvel Avengers game that will be cross-platform, though it will, you know, his his, you know, involvement in the game will only be on the Sony exclusive uh, copies. Sham, uh, one, are you excited about this news as a gamer? Uh, you were probably the biggest gamer out of all of us. Uh, but also, what does Spider-Man's edition tell you about the relationship between Disney and Sony right now? Um... The relationship between Disney and Sony, um, that that I mean, I think I'm I'm less sure about. I mean, I know of course they, I mean, Sony's cashing in on Spider-Man as much as they possibly can. Which is very very <laughs> smart wise. Smart business of model. Smart business model. the character. You know, so there's no. I mean, I, I see it. I mean, that makes perfect sense. I suppose for them. <laughs> I you know when it comes to the the developers, right? I'm a little more upset at them. Square Enix. You know, I was telling Kendall, I literally went out and pre-ordered the game today for Xbox. Yeah, I, I didn't even hear about this. That's, that's terrible. I come home. Yeah. And Kendall tells me, 
hey, did you hear about Spider-Man <laughs> in, in the Avengers game? I'm like, what? I was surprised. I saw Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 trending. And I was like, Ultimate Alliance 3? Good game. But, like, I, I was like, oh, is it coming out for Xbox? Like, that'd be kind of crazy. But, and, no, the people were just talking about how Spider-Man was in Ultimate Alliance 3, so why can't he be on the X-Men? Or the, the Xbox version? Right. Yeah, exactly. So, it's very... I think, that, I think it's probably because... And maybe I'm answering our own question. Probably because Sony's beef with Microsoft is even larger than their beef with Disney. Yeah, and Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, and Nintendo. Like, like you know, it's kind of like, the, you know, it's like the lesser of two evils, I think, to a certain degree. Yeah, so, I mean, I think that's a little... I understand from Sony's perspective, but I think it's kind of scummy of the developers to, <laughs> and Square Enix and to just be like, yeah, 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 okay. It's like, what? <laughs> Are you kidding me? A whole character? And a character as big as Spider-Man. You're going like, to agree to Yeah, him. maybe, probably the biggest Marvel character. <laughs> and it's like, you're not even going to make him exclusive for like a month, six months, early a year. Yeah. He's just exclusive, period. If you don't have a PS5, you will never play as his character. That's that's BS. I don't like it. But I am excited for Hawkeye. I'm very excited. I like the trailer they showed. I like the character design. I I think it's and the and game we the game should itself be getting more characters. Great. Yeah, the we're gonna we're gonna get more characters. Right. I mean the game itself, I when watching all the all the gameplay they've shown and all the The War Tables. The war tables and the beta, I'll be playing the beta in a in a couple weeks. I'm extremely excited uh, for the game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's unfortunate. I guess my question would be like, if you're Square Enix and you're like, "Well, we gotta sell this game." Spider Man is, uh, you know, the top three big Marvel character out there, and I obviously it's an Avengers game, but look, Spider Man, Spider Man. And you go to Sony and say, "Oh, can we use Spider Man?" They Man, say, be... "No." Well, they say, "Yeah," for the PS5 version, the PS4 version, or whatever. But don't think about it for uh for xbox what do you say you say uh well we can't do that because that would be that would that would would hurt the consumer i was gonna buy this game i didn't need spider-man in this game (laughs) i was gonna buy the game anyway they can't sell an avengers game without spider-man well so i see your thing is just don't put him in because my thing is like that makes if they're if they're having that stance don't put him in (laughs) Uh, or just say look the delayed release I don't. I don't. I don't think there's any way that if they're offering you some Spider-Man that you're not gonna include him. Any way you can. I think he's that. But he's too valuable. You know, it would only be for principle's sake, which is obviously it's it's morally. It's noble. Noble. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's the word. Say. Morally noble, but Mon- no. Yeah. Financially, monetarily, is it, it's really dumb. Yeah. I mean, they have incentive. It's a good play by Square Enix and Sony. It's just not a good play for the consumer. It's not a good play for Microsoft. I think I think it was corny that they wouldn't have at least. They should have. I think if they knew Spider Man was going to be in this game on a Sony exclusive, they should have put that information out as soon as it was confirmed. Or like, I think the fact that you have people like Shamari that like bought Xbox Xbox versions, pre-ordered versions, who you know have not decided what they're going to do in terms of Xbox Next Generation or you know PS Five. Uh, that's a little corny to me. That that's 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 a sucker move. Like I haven't, you know, I haven't made that decision yet. But like now, I'm like, oh man, well, I don't, how am I gonna not get the PS5 now? Which I think we, gamers all deserve that kind of. They deserve that answer. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think that 
people should be like, oh, well, I just, you know, pre-ordered it for another console, and y'all are, you know, y'all didn't give me this information, that that's why. Spider-Man, man, Spider-Man, this, whatever Spider-Man is in this game, it better be the most, the most, yeah. the most DLC, non-canon, non-necessary well, that part would be of the game. As well. Now, what I will say, I, where I thought EG was going to go, and what I would argue is, look, now they have no leverage, but I go to if I if Sony's like yeah, but he's got to be an exclusive for 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 Sony. Maybe they did say it, and Sony was like, "You can't use Spider Man." But I would have went and said, "All right, but we got to make a separate character and exclusive for Marvel or exclusive for Microsoft, just to even the playing field somewhat to right. might not make people feel so left out that they can't play with Spider Man." I don't know who that is. I, mean, I don't know if it's you know, oh, they get to play Wolverine. You know, I think they, right? I'll be honest, Kendall, I think they will. I'll tell you they right now. I, th- I think that they will. I think that they got bullied into, into. I don't know if bullies the word, but they they had to say this because the word was getting out that this was happening. The word it yeah, got leaked, yeah. and it's like you know you'd be getting all these questions, and they know it's true. So you either lie to people continuously and say he's not in there, and then people say, like Sham, continue to buy the Xbox version, <laughs> thinking that Spider Man doesn't exist in either version, or you come clean. So I think that they kind of had no choice. These, in their yeah, eyes, they felt they had no choice. In terms of the Sony Disney thing, I mean, it is interesting because obviously this game does feel like they're definitely trying to do the whole fake version of the, the event, the Marvel's Avengers MCU version. But um, so adding Spider Man, you know, we'll see. Does it, is this the Insomniac Spider Man? Is the exact same it's, it's character not. design? It's not. Apparently, it's going to be a different Spider-Man. So, if it's a different Spider-Man, then how young is he? Does he, does he look like Tom Holland? I mean, I I would venture, again, betting odds, I, I'd, I'd put that as a favorite. That he's going to look like Tom Holland at some level. I, I would. Because so, none of the other Avengers look like any of the other Marvel Studios. People. I was about to say, can the, have you, you know, seen the other I mean, character, de- character well, designs? That's what I'm saying. I was like, they all just look, look now, like... No, I'm not most, saying it's going to be a face game. They all look like they all look like uh, minor league players in MLB The Show. It's going to be like their character designs will be based off of the MCU. So I think we're going to get a younger Peter Parker who's in high school and kind of looks like Tom Holland, but you're like, it's not Tom Holland. Like you just said, some generic looking guy. But you're going to be, oh, yeah, it's a kid, Tom Holland. Like, I mean, the the, like the Hulk, you know, Bruce Banner, you know, they made him look like Mark Ruffalo in terms of his design. And so I don't know. I mean, I think, I think it'll be interesting. Um, I don't know if this really necessarily means anything for what we're going to see from Disney um, and Sony. I think this is just classic video game, you know, capitalism, trying to make money, and is what it is. Yeah. Now, oh, personally, I don't. This doesn't move the needle for me in terms of PS5 or Xbox Series X, a Spider-Man DLC. There's a separate Spider-Man game, so like, if this this wouldn't then make me say, all right, now I got to get. PS5 because I mean if you want to play the Miles Morales thing that should have been the answer if yeah. you know if you weren't if, you, if the Miles Morales thing didn't sell you then it shouldn't sell you either that's my that's my take so um and for me this this doesn't this doesn't move the needle it's one part of one game that has like multiple multiple characters we'll have other characters and there's a separate Spider-Man game so if I really wanted the Spider-Man experience I could just play the Spider-Man game yeah I mean I it's it, again. It, it's moving needle for me. It's making me feel like man. Unless they they come out with oh well, on Xbox you get Wolverine. Like 
then I might feel all right, you know. I gotta keep the continuity. I know we all have the same, you know, have the same, uh, not the same um, Xbox login, but I know we're more of an Xbox family than PlayStation, so I may say, all right, let me cop the you know, Xbox joint. But if they are saying, oh, no, just Hawkeye, is, <laughs> I'm gonna have to give that PS5 a serious, serious, serious look. Um, and I already was giving it a very serious look. I do feel like, I know you guys don't really look at it as a Disney, Sony thing, but I do. I do. I think that this does tell me a little bit that um, Sony and Marvel and they're kind of working out deals to make things work out for each other is still happening. I think that this is a positive sign in terms of if you're looking at the movies to me. I don't think that they're that uh, disjointed. I know that, yes, there's a video game division and there's a movie division that's completely different, but the lawyers are, they're all the same. You know, someone, you know, the, the lawyers are still working out all the paperwork and they're the ones all still talking about this. So the fact that Marvel's able to go to Sony and say, hey, there's a Marvel video game coming out and it's a big Marvel release as Avengers. It is designed more like the Marvel Studios movies, but we want to use Spider-Man. Like, can we use him? I think it's different than like Marvel Ultimate Alliance, which is so obviously just like, or even like a Marvel Capcom, which is like, so like really outside the realm of like us, like any connection with the movies. This definitely seemed to be more of like an ask and more of like a, you know, why would you really need Spider-Man in this particular game? Like, I don't think you needed him. Like, the Avengers, for I don't know how many years, were great without Spider-Man. Like, Spider-Man being an Avenger is a very, very, like, new thing in the history of comic books. Like, 2009 new. Like, maybe even later than that. Like, he, he hasn't been in the Avengers a long time. Um... He was, they gave him the, the honorary Avengers, uh, you know, tag for decades, but he was never an actual full-on member. So, I don't think that, and then the, the Marvel movies, studio movies, went all these years with him not being an Avenger. Until, I guess, Infinity War, which I'm not even sure if he actually is an Avenger. I don't think we've, I don't know if we've ever really straightened that out about what his situation is, what even the Avengers are as a thing moving forward after Endgame. So, the fact that Marvel felt like they wanted to put him in, and Sony looking at it and say, "Yeah, yeah we'll 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 do this." It's a good thing, I think. I think it speaks to more collaboration, more uh, compromise that will con- continue, hopefully, between both con- companies. So I took note of it. Uh, maybe it's nothing, but I I thought it was something when I saw. And I, to me, them making him a Sony exclusive is a Sony kind of like it's a character Sony to say, "All right." You, you're going to give them to us for this game that's important to us, but we're going to let you make sure you get to uh, um, you get you get him only on your platform, which is I think a it's again it sucks for the consumer, but it's it's a it's a it is a big move for the uh, for the company in Sony. So I I, I could see that being being something that to, to, to keep an eye on. I think that um, if you're someone who wants to be constantly on top of what uh, Holland's involvement is going to be with the MCU and his uh, his attachment to it. I think that if you saw this, I think you've got to be... You should feel better, I think, than maybe you felt before. Um, that's how I felt. Anyway, uh, let's get to the last story before we do these uh, episode recaps. So we got um, Vincent D'Onofrio, who of course played uh, Wilson Fisk in the Netflix series Daredevil, says Charlie Cox should be the pick to reprise the role as Matt Murdock in the MCU during an interview with comicbook.com. D'Onofrio said, quote, I still believe in Charlie Cox's Daredevil, and I think that if they do a film or they have a Daredevil in one of their films, I only hope that it's Charlie, because 
I believe in him as Daredevil. I loved working with that guy. He also spoke about uh, Fisk's role, the Fisk role as well, which WWE wrestler Big Show recently said that he was pursuing, which I, I refuse to talk about in the show because of how ridiculous it sounded to me. But um, D'Onofrio talked about it, so I said, okay, well, maybe we, we should talk about it. Uh, he said that he supports Big Show. And by the way, he kind of supported him was very interesting to me. I'm going to read you guys a quote, and I want to know what you guys think of it. He said, I think I would just say this, that I believe in actors, and I believe an actor should have a shot at whatever they want to try and do. And that's what I think. If that guy wants to play Kingpin, then effing go after Kingpin. Give it your all. That's what I would say. That's what I would hope he would say to me, too. I mean, I think it's awesome that even... He's even saying the things he's saying. I think it's ambitious, and I think it's a good attitude to have. That sounds very dismissive to me. Did that not sound dismissive to you, you guys? I felt like it was very like, oh, that's cute. You want to play Kingpin? Yes. Yeah, that's how y'all took it, right? Big Show, yeah, Big Show will Mm -hmm. never play Kingpin. But, like, even, like, the way... But the reason why I bring this up is because, like, and I guess I'm going to go first on this topic. Like, I feel like... First of all, I kind of love these comments because I agree they are dismissive in a way. Like he's like showing him love, but also kind of not showing him love because he's like, "Oh yeah, sure, dude, go for it." Like you know, what's the harm? Like go pursue your dreams. It's like very like, and I didn't, I wasn't talking to Nafrio, so I can't you know get his voice deflection, uh, inflection, or I'm just reading quotes. But the quotes sound very. Not sarcastic. I think he he does mean it, but I think it's very much like he's not threatened. You know what I'm saying? And I think the fact that he felt the need to even say like, "Hey, man, go for it," I guess, but also you should support me trying to go for it. I was happy to hear that because that told me that what what I said before on this show that D'Onofrio he really wants to come back as Kingpin. Like when I read that quote, I was like, "Oh, he really wants this gig. This isn't a him just giving lip service to the fans." And him talking about Cox getting the role to me tells me that he wants the band to get back together. And that's not a surprise, I guess, if you hear D'Onofrio talk about how much he loved working with the cast. But I don't know. I just I just I was encouraged when I heard this because to me, this 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 makes it sound like Feige is he's working on Daredevil. He's working like hearing what Big Show said, seeing these D'Onofrio quotes, he's doing interviews, he's campaigning for charlie cox to get the role as daredevil i i took all these quotes and, and some of the comments we've seen all the daredevil stuff we've been seeing in recent weeks is that feige and marvel they're moving on this and they're they're figuring out what they're going to do and i agree with him i hope that cox is the guy and again i don't think you should think about anybody but denarfrio for this role as kingpin but uh kendall what do you what do you make of these comments yeah, I mean, look, I I, I have my theory that, look, Cox, the Cox thing is going to be finalized not long after the moratorium is up, which I believe is in November. Long, not long after the moratorium is up on Daredevil and Netflix and Marvel Studios, I think we will see the the, the Cox deal, whatever that entails, be, uh, be signed. I... I, I hesitate to use the word sign because I'm like, I don't know what that means be announced um within the next within the the, the subsequent three to four months and yeah, i don't even be short uh that would be say five or six months um so i would say by june of next year 
which is almost a year, we will have Charlie Cox back in the MCU. And with Charlie Cox will come Vincent D'Onofrio, I would imagine. So, look, he's a great kingpin. Uh, I think people know. Look, Big Show playing kingpin is like, again, it's like Shaq playing Bishop. It's like Michael Jackson wanted to play Professor X. Like, there's there's a level... That you have to get to before you can play one of those characters. I mean, people talking about The Rock. You guys thought I was crazy for, for saying The Rock should play Lex Luthor, and The Rock, The Rock was way more accomplished than Big Show. Yeah, <laughs> at the that stage of his acting career, <laughs> talking about The Rock and Lex Luthor. So, I mean, The Big Show's got ways to go before he can play Kingpin. I mean, show me you could play like Goon Number Five in a Marvel movie before we start talking about you playing Kingpin. So, look, I mean, like, put him in a John Wick movie, like Bo Bond from the Mavericks. Put him in a put him in a, a John Wick movie, let him get beat up a little bit, and we'll we'll talk from there. But, I don't know. I, I, I Maybe I gotta watch the show. Maybe I'll watch the sitcom. Maybe he's really, really good. But, um, yeah, my guess is that D'Onofrio will, at some point, reprise, reprise his role as Kingpin. Hopefully... I think Spider-Man would be a great fit, but that seems unlikely. Um, but there are some other avenues, some other lanes that he could uh, he could still fit. Um, yeah, I mean, of course, I I hope to see D'Onofrio play Kingpin. I think we everyone that's watched Daredevil hopes to see D'Onofrio reprise the role as Kingpin. I think he's right, and that Cox should be um, that he should be Daredevil. Um, I mean, I mean, Feige would. Uh, it would be quite the uphill battle for Feige, an, an unnecessary uphill battle for him to cast somebody else as Daredevil and as Kingpin. I mean, he would he would have a very a very active and vocal campaign against him, and I don't know why he would want that kind of smoke from his own fans, people who are pro- probably already fans of his material, right? To then go out and campaign against what he's doing, and that makes though that. That's a gonna. That's not gonna be a job that I think people really want. I'll be honest. Actors, the, what the actors. kingpin role? The kingpin Murdoch role. Like I think guys. Will oh, want I it. disagree. It's the MCU, but like, I think people know that that's gonna be a beloved character. People are gonna be upset that we're not gonna have Cox and D'Onofrio, and there gonna be some people that are just like I, I, I don't accept it. So no, I, I disagree. I think I look that... at Batman. You know, like Batman post Affleck, like. They were they weren't going for any A listers. I don't know if that was Matt Reeves or if that was because there weren't a whole lot out there. I mean, we were talking about Nicholas Holt playing Batman. That seems crazy, but you know, I think I think sometimes these Hollywood guys are worried about rabid fan bases, and obviously the 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 Batfleck fan base is larger than the Cox Daredevil fan base, but you know. The Cox Daredevil fan base has an actual have an actual case to make about this guy being great on a great show, you know that a lot of people have seen. You know, it's like it's like in, in college basketball. No one wants to replace Coach K. No one wants to replace. Just like with the next guy to play Captain America or Iron Man, it's gonna be it's gonna be a hard guy to get. It's gonna be a hard hard person to find. So, um, yeah, that's my that's my take on the on the Cox thing. I mean. I don't know if I agree. I think I think that in Hollywood, Hollywood, I think it's well known, man. Marvel means money, and you know, M for M, Marvel means money. So I don't think that 
people are going to be scared of the daredevil hive, the Cox hive that will come for them and not appreciate them. Um, I think that they all know superheroes right now are money and they're not going to uh, shy away from it for the sake of maybe getting ultra criticized. I don't think I think a lot of people don't realize what's coming for them if people don't like it uh, or for no reason. Sometimes there's not, like Ruby Rose did nothing to get hate and she got unbelievable hate just by signing on to be Batwoman. Like it's uh, as I said, there's a lot of ugliness in this culture as well with the, the unbelievable beauty that we have in it. And um, I don't think that people I don't think they understand that aspect of it. But I don't think that they're afraid of that because I don't think they really are aware of it as much. I think that um, if there's a Marvel role out there, you best believe I think that they're gonna, you know, they're gonna sign on. It's like when Louis uh, Louis Gossett Jr. was like, you know, when he heard that they were doing, you know, Watchmen on HBO, he said HBO. All right, well, I I didn't have to hear anything more. <laughs> like I knew what that meant in terms of money, so I signed on. It was a very honest answer. I mean, obviously he was lucky he got onto a great project. But, like, that's, for a lot of these actors, remember, this is their job. This is their work. So, while, yes, they are, there's an artistic creativity that goes into it. It's not, you hope it's not just all about just signing off the dollar. Um, but that is a big part of it. So, I don't think that people would be afraid of these roles. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree. I think that, Fai, I think Faye, I think he would, I don't say he's doing a disservice to the fans, but I just, feel like it would be so much easier if he just kept the main players from the Netflix shows intact. At least most of them. I'm not saying you gotta keep all of them, but to me Cox and Fisk are just easy. Like that I don't like there's no to me there's no reason to recast that. But to me the fact that, you know, we had D'Onofrio, you know, putting these comments out there, Cox saying I don't know what's going on. I think that they're, I think they're still deciding. Like, I think they're, st- I think they're working this out. I think that they that like bringing a lot of the main players back is definitely on the table. But I also think they're considering other people. I think that's why you have Big Show being like, "Yo, I, I want Fisk." He's probably heard from his agent. Yo, they're looking for someone big and white and who's bald headed. He's like, "Hey, I'm all those things," and and good for him. Like, as Denafrio said, like it, he should pursue that kind of role. He's in acting. He has a new show on Netflix. Um, and Big Show is super talented. Anybody who's seen his work as a wrestler knows that. Like he's funny, he's entertaining. He shouldn't be Wilson Fisk, but um, but he really wants to get into acting. And 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 as a wrestling fan, I support him on that quest and on that journey. Also, I, I think about the we talk about the whether or not they'll bring Cox and Donofrio in the MCU. Think about what we heard about the X Men and how Feige wanted to look at. He wanted to talk to Charles, or he did talk to Patrick Stewart about playing Charles Xavier, and which sounded crazy to think about. But that, that if the fact that that happened makes me think that now that could be a completely different scenario. That could be them saying, "Yeah, we're going to do something super wild where we me- we do some sort of mega event where we mesh the two universes together." Doesn't see Marvel S, but it, I would assume that he would just be playing an MCU version of Charles Xavier. If that's the case, then could we be getting the same thing with uh, Daredevil, where they say, you know what, you're not the same guy, you're not, it's not the same exact story, but yeah, we're gonna have you play because you're the best Daredevil I've seen, which is one out of, one out of two. But I mean, so- I don't know. I, I like I, that's an interesting thought. I mean, I, to me, I do think that 
I don't know what was going to happen with Patrick Stewart. I don't know what that meeting was about. It's, it's still curious to me that that happened, and I would love to really know why that meeting happened the way it did. Because I, I don't, I can't speak to what what what, what that was about. Yeah, because like, we, we, as we know, and sometimes like you'll you'll see in like, um, you'll see in sports a lot or in business or whatever. Just because you interview a person or just because you meet with somebody to discuss a thing doesn't mean you have any intention of ever hiring. It yeah, exactly. You could you could do a meeting. Yeah, you know this guy Carl Xavier for you know ten fifteen years. He's not, he's an icon. You know twenty years yeah. really. Um, like you like you may want to know. All right, who are some guys out there that you know that you think could actually play a similar character to you? Uh, what do you see for what the MCU should do to Charles Xavier to make him different? You know, they, they could have been picking his brain about things and maybe also say, how would you even really even feel about reprising the role? That could have been a part of the conversation. But Feige probably came into that knowing or could have came into it knowing that it's very unlikely we're going to hire Patrick Stewart. But um, there's still value in meeting with Patrick Stewart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like you say, he's an icon that played the character, knows just as much about the character from a filmmaking standpoint as anybody. Um, so, I mean, that that was an interesting situation. Um, and so there were some differences there. But I ultimately, I think we're going to get the Cock D'Onofrio thing in the next year. Mm-hmm. Wait, 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 Sham, do you think that D'Onofrio and Cox are, as Kendall says, just like imminent that this is going to happen? Imminent, no. Um, likely, I mean, I, I would, I mean, I don't know if this is wishful thinking. I would think it's likely, just based on how fantastic of a job they did. You know, I mean, even Feige and watching it, and you know, he's seen it. You know, he's seen all of it. Yeah, they of did a fantastic job. You know, just, you know, I know everything is a lot of things subjective, but I feel like you know, as objective as you can be, they did a fantastic job playing those roles. And he's someone that knows these books. He knows all these characters, so he knows they did a fantastic job. So, I, I don't know. I would think so, but I don't know what's going on in Feige's head. He could. I mean, I wouldn't blame him. I actually think it would be nice of him, honestly, to still see other, have other actors, you know, try out for the role, audition for the role. I think that would be good of him to do that. Um, you know, just to see. Hey, you, you never know. There may be someone better out there. You know, there's so many actors in Hollywood right now not working. Or, you know, working on other things that may be thinking about this role. So, um, but I do think that it's likely. I don't think it's imminent. I would I would definitely not say that. Um, but I do think it's likely. Is there any value in having someone like Cox or D'Onofrio? Let's say, because Shamari says there could be actors and, act, act, and actors for these two roles uh, that have a better, that could be better. Than D'Onofrio, I wouldn't. I wouldn't doubt that. There's certainly, certainly, I can guarantee you, two people out there that are better Daredevil than Kingpins and D'Onofrio and Cox. That's not easy to find, but they're probably out there. But if there are, if there were those two people, even if it's slightly better, is there value even to to recasting the character and losing whatever lore that comes with, and you know, kind of nostalgia that comes with it being the same two people? <laughs> you know, like would. Is there value, in, or do you do do you and do you not think that other people would care that it's two brand new daredevils and and kingpins, or is there value in it being oh it's the same two people? This guy may not be as good. I mean, no one's gonna look at Cox and say he's bad, but you know there could be someone else better out there. But 
at least we know there's a source material that people can go to, we can watch, and Mm -hmm. you can... I mean, I I think there's value. I mean, I would love to see a Daredevil movie with an MCU budget. I don't know if we're going to get that, you know, with Cox. Right. Because we've already seen so much of him. I don't know if if we're going to Daredevil movie either. I mean, so, yeah. I can see him showing up in other properties. Right. Yeah, so in that sense, I do think there definitely would be value in, in having a recast. Yeah, I mean... So okay, you're saying is there value in a recast? Like, is there value? In- no, there value in a in a bringing back. Uh, what call it? Kadonafro and Cox. I mean, I think there's great value. I mean, I think that there's a, a loyal fan base that's already entrenched that knows about this character. I think these characters and these actors, what they did, I think it brings back. And I'm sure they don't want to bring attention to Netflix, but like the news of these characters being put in the movies, then makes people go back to the Netflix show, which then drives more interest to your property whenever they appear in your movies or TV, you know, Disney Plus series. Um, yeah, I think there's amazing value. I think Like Matt Ryan playing Constantine in Legends of Tomorrow, you know? Right. Like, it, 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 drives, it drives interest. It's a story. It's a, it's, a, it's, it's a more interesting, long. it lasts longer in the news cycle when it's that. If it's some new person, that's good, but, like, you know, whatever, like, there, you know, there's no... I think there's not as much of a news cycle behind that. I think you're talking about people that have played this role now going into the role again in a larger level. I think that that drives way more interest. I think I think that makes more sense in terms of like fan engagement than picking a new person. You know what I'm saying? Especially if it was good. Like if it was bad now or average even, then maybe people say, "All right, well now you're going to be turning off a lot of people." Say, "Oh man, I hated that show. Like I didn't want to watch it." I mean. I don't know too many Marvel fans who dislike Daredevil. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. it's a very and I'm not in like obviously you know the fans that are who represent the Daredevil fans who represent the larger Marvel audience is still very small, but it's still like I mean that's like a hundred for a hundred. You know, it's like a hundred percent of the people who like you know, you know Marvel like Daredevil. So. Why wouldn't you want to appease those people? And those people spread the gospel of the show, and that drives even more interest into the actors who are playing those characters. And D'Onofrio, no, he has a little bit of a name because he's played big characters before. Obviously, the you know his, his time on uh, Daredevil. So it there's a, there's great value in it. I think that um I think the really I think the question Faye needs to be asking is, you know, what what's it worth to like bring new people in for the sake of bringing new people in because I only see I don't see a much of a negative to just reprise those roles with the same people I think there there are a lot of things that can go wrong with you um, picking new people like to me like what's the point of the risk you might as well go with the guys that are proven and that have a fan base already with those specific roles now I mean you can't do everything one for one, so you can't. I'm not gonna say, oh, bring back the same actor, though. I thought the actor uh, Bethel, who played, you know, Bullseye, was excellent. I'm, you know, I'm not saying you should bring him back. I'm not saying. I'm not even. You know, I would love to see uh, the dude that played Foggy remain Foggy, but I'm not even saying you got to keep him. But again, the main players, I don't, I don't see what the gain is unless you're casting. I don't know who the biggest actor would be, but some just huge, huge actor that's so big that like. We wouldn't even think about Charlie Cox because of we, they got 
Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> you know, something like that. Like, then I say, okay, well, man, he's Leo. Like, what am I going to say? But if it's some other just normal Hollywood guy who's semi-famous, like, it, I don't think that adds anything. Marvel is such a big brand. They make the movies now. It's not the actors anymore. So, I don't know. I think, to me, this is easy. And I because it's easy, I think that he'll do the right thing. But I can't say for sure. Again, I think the fact that there's been so much chatter about these roles tells me that Marvel is looking at these roles. And I think that the the... The old characters that were the old actors that were in them are certainly candidates, but I think that there are a lot of other people who are going to be uh, considered as well. But we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that ends up shaking out. Let's uh, talk about these episodes this week. So we got Doom Patrol. Um, I think we last left through at Space Patrol. We had two episodes since the last episode was episode eight of season two, Dad Patrol. The one before that was Dumb Patrol, episode seven. Um, I mean, Doom Patrol continues to be great. Uh, I, I like that patrol a lot. Um, I liked it. I probably liked it a lot more than Dumb Patrol. I think. Not that I dislike Dumb Patrol, but I thought Dumb Patrol felt a little more. Uh, uh, what's the word? Like kind of like placeholder episode, where it was like let's kind of just like put some of the guys in like a crazy journey. Um, you know, most of the episode is like you know them, you know, trying to you know. You know, get out of this spell that they're under with these, you know, bugs that have infected their brain with bad ideas. And it's Cliff, you know, just trying to get back from crashing from outer space. So a lot of it, you know, and then, you know, Calder's on his own little adventure with whatever he's trying to figure out, which we learn now, I guess, is him trying to realize that, okay, Dor- Dorothy's time here is, is, is wrapping. It's got to wrap up soon, or else we won't be able to control her, and I'm going to die soon, so. Uh, so that episode was good, but I thought that the next episode was a lot better. Um, I love the you know the the name Dad Patrol made a lot of sense considering the the father themes in the episode. You got uh, you got Kay's father, who's obviously the abusive guy, you know, throwing the girl into the well in that bucket. You got of course uh, Niles with with Dorothy on this you know great last day, quote unquote, and you got a uh, you know Cliff. With his daughter, who actually, you know, spends a day with him at the mansion, and 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 true father bonding time, father daughter bonding time. So, and then the the last story was non father really, but it was you know of course Vic pursuing Ronnie, you know, killing the dudes who you know experimented her in the past. I mean, Doom Patrol. What can I say? It continues to be great. Um, I, I feel like Vic, I feel like his running gag this whole season has got to be Vic just, like, in other people's minds in various weird, like, TV shows. Because <laughs> they did it again with Rita as Beekeeper, which is also really funny. I swear, I think, I think one of these seasons, they're going to start, like, doing those episodes as, like, whole episodes. Because now that's, like, two. It's like, okay, I see what they're doing here. Um, I guess the what I'm curious about, I guess, is why why now with Candlemaker and why so much why was so much of him trying to get free why was it so much hinge on Dorothy for so long and now it seems like it doesn't even matter what Dorothy does does anyone else did anyone else question that because that, that's my that was my question with this episode well, it seemed like the whole season they were kind of centered upon it's Dorothy who has the overall authority and Whenever she makes the call to release this guy, all hell's gonna break loose. 
But it seems like the way they're setting up next next episode that she doesn't have control at all, and that it seems like this was going to be a coming of age thing, which I guess was hinted, but I, I kind of guess didn't understand like the um, the urgency of like trying to instill in her never you know make these wishes or never bring about this guy or else everything's gonna break loose when it seemed like it was inevitable anyway anyone else think that yeah um yeah no i mean i i definitely hear that um i mean i think that's a good point it didn't bother me as much it was always kind of vague yeah yeah i think it was always kind of vague and you guys know i'm not really feeling the whole dorothy storyline too much this season, I still I, the show's so good that even despite the storyline, it's still great and fun to watch. But just in general, the, the whole Dorothy Candlemaker storyline is just—it's not hitting me. I think it's not hitting me as much as because um, they seem to have replaced Mister Nobody with this whole Dorothy thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought Alan Tudyk was so fantastic last season. Um, yeah, <laughs> it was funny um, when they 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 did the joke about. Uh, Oh, where's Mr. Nobody or something like that? He's like, oh, yeah, you know, he had to do some sort oh, of yeah, animated thing. You know? <laughs> so, obviously, now I'm here. You know? <laughs> he played the Joker and, and Harley Quinn. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was awesome. Yeah, that was funny. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I was definitely wondering that. Um, I mean, that was kind of something that was in my mind, but I was like, I don't know. This whole thing is kind of weird, nonsensical anyway. Um, but, yeah, I did, I did like the Dad Patrol episode. I thought both of these episodes were good. I thought the Dad Patrol episode was probably more touching, and, um, and yeah, I mean, I just thought all the storylines seem to be coming together. The Jane storyline seems to be progressing. It yeah. seems it seems to it's kind of still a little slow to progress, but it seems to be at least going somewhere. Um, and um, I'm glad Cliff Cliff's story is going somewhere. He's not just constantly being um torture though larry's been tortured a lot this season he's gone through a lot of rough rough stuff this season so i don't know exactly what's gonna happen with him but um but yeah even so the show is still extremely entertaining all the actors and actresses had their roles down and it's just it's just it's just fun to watch even the dorothy stuff which i don't particularly love i'm still engaged so yeah, I mean, I I was a huge fan of these these two episodes. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought these were solid. Um, I agree. I think the Jane storyline, the fact that it's progressing, is encouraging because not been my favorite storyline, but uh, we got some good backstory into you know some of the Jane stuff that is it was interesting. Um, I, the Jane, the Jane storyline in general is just so confusing because there's so many versions and they look they they don't they they like all look different like sometimes some of them are different actresses so it's like it's just all kind of it's confusing yeah it's, it's names, tough to follow sometimes yeah, yeah. they have names I'm like who's who's Miranda who's who who's this one who's that one you forget but um but the fact that it is it is starting to climax a little bit is good um. The cliff, well, the cliff storyline though was cool. Him, him with the daughter, and the, I, I'm glad that they didn't they didn't drag that in terms of her being like you know stay away from me type thing. Um, and you know because it's been a while since Cliff has had anything good happen to him, so 
you know, again, similar mm-hmm. to the Larry Trainer thing. Trainer had his moment where things were going good, and that ultimately yeah, I know. turned. <laughs> you know, you kind of wonder if the same thing will happen to Cliff, unfortunately. But for now, things are going good. Well, it, it like, seems like to me the wedding is definitely going to be the the turn moment. You would think. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's the way this show works, unfortunately. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I feel like that storyline was cool. I The one I wasn't necessarily sure about was the Cyborg one. The Cyborg storyline, I, 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 it's been up and down. There have been moments where I'm like, all right, you know, it, this is fine. And then, but I don't know. This last episode, it kind of by the end, she's just like, get away from me, cyborg. And I'm like, damn, <laughs> you know, this is, where, this is where we're at now. Yeah, like, you know, oh. kind of escalated, escalated kind of. Oh, wow, all right. <laughs> you know, so I mean, it's 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 tough because like they they start you off with her kind of being like, all right, you know, maybe there's something up here, and then you know they kind of lull you into sleep. And it's just, nope, nope, she's evil. And it's like, wow, that was, you know, so I don't know. Um, but yeah, this show overall, and the the Dorothy thing, I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of. But, again, another one similar to the Jane thing. It seems to be coming to a climax. I'm willing to give it a chance. Uh, the the mom showing up and the the storyline with the, with the with the Neanderthal mom is, is, is also interesting. So I do want to, if we do get more of that. That could be interesting. Right. Um, it was one of the best, better parts of last season was the stuff with Calder and then the Anderson bomb. So, um, overall, two solid episodes. Not the two best episodes of the season, but some good moments. Yeah, I would agree with that. I'd say, yeah, not the best, but two good good episodes. Um, I, I think the Jane stuff was, was some of the most interesting stuff to me. Um, I guess because we're kind of getting... We're kind of getting somewhere with Miranda and like you know, and her as a as one of the villains of the season, you know, seeing that it was Miranda who put the note in there and the bunny in there. Uh, still trying to figure out why that happened, but um, but I guess it speaks to a level of, of uh, her not ever wanting that bunny to be found, or that no that uh you know pet whatever thing to be found for Kay. And once it was, you know, she threw Jane back in the well. And, and, you know, we still don't know what that well exactly means in regards to um, what that means for a person. We see, you know, baby doll's corpse in there. So, you know, is Jane, Jane, you know, her her death imminent? I wouldn't think so because there's a bunch of more episodes. Uh, But if not, what does that well actually mean? And and what happens when she gets out? That's going to be that's going to be interesting to me. And I, I agree that, uh, you know, again, seeing uh, Cliff have that moment with his daughter was really good. And not having that kind of, like, shoot a drop that was, like, kind of bad. Like, it was kind of good to see him have a full episode where, like, he, he was just purely happy. And it was a great moment to see him with his uh, his daughter. And her daughter announced that it was a boy and him going crazy. Like, those, you know, again, Brandon Fraser is awesome. He was great in this episode. And I would agree. I think the Cyborg stuff was probably the weakest stuff this week to me. Um I guess I just wish this story with him and Ronnie had a little more layers than they've illustrated. Like, I think it had some potential, but it just seems very much like, yeah, I'm a bad person. Like, don't, like, and I do bad things. You shouldn't hang out with me, but we kind of are attracted to each other. So we do this song and dance. I don't know. It seems a little cliche. I was hoping they'd be a little bit more to it. I don't, as to me, like, 
I guess the show would argue, well, her killing somebody is, like, a big deal. I, I guess it's not to me when she's telling me the whole time I'm a bad person. It's like, well, you keep telling me that, then, I, you know, what am I supposed to say? So, you know, I don't know. I, I think there was probably more I wanted to see out of that story than what we got. I'm not going to give up on it, per se. But that was probably, I think, the weakest part of the episode. I don't dislike the Candlemaker Dorothy stuff as much as you guys. I just think that... I guess probably because I'm at the point where it doesn't annoy me as much because I think we're getting to, like, the conclusion of whatever this is going to be. Um, we've talked about, you know, why is uh, Timothy Dalton looked at as, like, a guest character. I think because he's not, I mean, not going to survive this season. And I think this next yeah. episode might be his last if I had to, you know. I thought, I thought they were saying he's going to croak in this one. I thought there was, too. I thought this might be the last one as well. Oh, <laughs> this is time. Yeah. But he's got he's got to have that moment with the whole team. So now yeah. that we know the, and we see in the preview, the whole team is going to be there to try to stop Candlemaker. So, so if that's the case, then then that makes sense that he, the whole team is there to see him go. So I think that this is going to be the episode where he he uh, he passes. So um, because of that, I think we'll get a lot of any lingering answers that we have with uh, Dorothy and her imaginary friends. I think that they're all going to be kind of resolved by next week. So I'm looking forward to that. And um, I do think the, I mean, the young actress that plays Dorothy, I think still, I think does an amazing job. Um, you know, I thought that it was the, the scene in the, um, uh, in the what's it called, uh, the, you know, um, gas station with her and her period and and um, her, you know, going over the thing and the and the cashier working through her with that and it was just a lot of a. Uh, there was a lot of good writing in that scene, I thought. You know, like her, her talking about, you know, oh, you know, I wouldn't tell your father because, you know, they don't ever want to see us girls grow. And, like, you know, Dorothy kind of said, like, damn, like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, but I thought it was very multi-layered because that's the whole, like, essence of the season is, you know, t- is like, uh, uh, what's it called? Um, Calder never wanting Dorothy to grow because of fear of what she may do, what she is capable of. Which I, I would argue is a fear a lot of women are used to dealing with with fragile men. You know what I'm saying? So I thought that that was a really great line. And again, I, it hasn't bothered me as much uh, the Dorothy stuff. And it's partly because Abigail Shapiro, who plays Dorothy, you know, has been very convincing in being in that role. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think being that way 100% of the time, that quote-unquote innocent that whatever like it's i'm sure as an actress now i don't care how young you are it still takes a level of discipline and she doesn't turn it off like i never i never not believe that she's 100 percent this star of the character which i think always keeps me engaged so um yeah these were good episodes i said i wouldn't say great but i think i think we're about to wrap up i think that doom patrol had its kind of like throwaway episodes to some degree now i won't say this was a throwaway because I think it led up greatly to like this very big showdown we're about to see in the next episode. But um, I think a lot of this was built up, and now we're here to the first big climax of the season before we get to obviously the season finale later on. So, uh, but these were cool. I, I like them. We'll see how this uh, this continues to uh, to pan out for the rest of the season. I do want to talk about the the part one of the season finale of Doom Patrol. This was episode twelve, season one, Stars and Stripe, part one. Uh, this was this was great. <laughs> Again, Star Girl, man, it's like every time. And I know you know 
we kind of tease Kendall about this. Every time we keep waiting for like that shoe to drop, so to speak, with this show, where like it like the quality falls apart or something comes out about that's really stupid. Oh, the cliff, the yeah, Berlanti cliff. The Berlanti cliff. Uh, it's nowhere to be found yet. I mean, this looks like it's shaped not to be a, a great season finale. <laughs> I love this episode, and I love the twist with like the the platform for the New America Initiative. Like that was. Talk about that was. I'm all for it, man. Yo, man, that was my that was mind bending. That was mind bending to me because I think there's a lot. I think there's a lot of messages in there. You know what I'm saying? Like I think that you know all of this is art, and then we kind of get lost in that sometimes. Um, but when I saw, you know, so I gotta see if you haven't watched the show. Though we always assume you watched it when you listen to the, you stay for the recaps, but. You know, obviously, Icicle and the Injustice Society, they've cornered off. They thought it was only going to be a few states, but now they realize, yo, we can cover the whole Midwest, basically, with our new New America initiative where, you know, Brainwave is going to get into the minds of these people and, and get them in line with this new vision for our part of America. We're going to secede from the United States. And, you know, they're evil. So you think that they're bad guys. They want, you know, world domination or whatever. But, you know, I guess while um, Dr. Midnight... Is going through in this episode what the platform is that she's hacking through the computer. It's like universal healthcare. It's like you know, no, no long, no non discrimination against for race and gender and sexual orientation. It's like it's it's all super super progressive platforms, and I thought that was a great twist. Cause I think it, it adds you know some nuance to the whole thing. I think it makes sense. And to some degree it makes sense. Uh because yeah, you're in the middle of America, like the chance that these people would support this kind of platform is unlikely. So just turning all of them would be your best way to just like corner off like the market and be like, this is just us. Y'all the rest of this this continent could do whatever you want. Um made the most sense as well. And yeah, I just thought that that was great. I really, I really liked it. I think it spoke a little bit to like this idea of like, um, and it's controversial. I'm not saying I even agree with this, but I think it's, I did think it speak to, it spoke to the idea of feeling like in order to like get your way on certain platforms, we let's try to bulldoze people, uh, to believe in what yeah. we believe in. And, you know, it's, it's, I think it's a conversation. I'm not going to get into a political conversation on the show, but I think that that's, a conversation that definitely needs to be had. And I think that this was Stargirl's way of having, starting that conversation. But I thought it was really, really well done. Um, it's like, it's over the top and it's like ridiculous, but it, it I kind of like that. Again, it kind of reminds me of, uh, did any of you guys get, um, what's it called? Uh, Kingsman vibes with that? Cause wasn't Kingsman kind of like a similar thing? Where like Samuel Jackson is like, yo, these people suck. Like, yeah, I'm going to take over their minds. To stop all the nonsense that stop happening in the world, it's like yeah, mm-hmm. but you're also like mind controlling and killing people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? By trying to do this like this. So, yeah. and I love Kingsman. Everybody knows we know that's one of my favorite movies, and it's over top and ridiculous. But like, I love that kind of thing. You know. So this to me had those similar vibes. So I dig that. Uh, we got some pretty good action scenes, though. I again, I still feel like. They need to give the Injustice Society a bigger win than what they're giving. I don't think that Pat and Mike should beat Sportsmaster. 
Like, I don't think that that should happen. I don't, I you know, you know, Star Girl versus Tigress. That's a little different. That's a little different. But you know, it, it, you know, it, I, I still. I mean, that, he was getting beat up. It he was, was up. yeah, he was. But like, I mean, the fiddler comes around. She's like, "Yo, y'all are incompetent. That's why I'm here." And <laughs> it's like, "Yeah, I know. I agree." Like every time I watch them, they haven't completed the job once. Why am I afraid of them? How did they beat the Justice Society? Like. It's, if like, there's any, I know I love this episode. I know I'm criticizing it right now. If there's like, yo, one flaw. Society? How bad were they? Well, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, if there was one flaw of the show, that's the flaw. It's like they, 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 they tried to they put the injustice society over so much in the first episode, and they put them over through how they talk about them so much through every episode, and then when you see them in action, they never live up to that. <laughs> it's like. I know you can't kill everybody they see, but when you talk about them like that, I think it hurts their reputation every time. And I thought that this episode didn't necessarily help that, though I loved it. It just it's an aspect of the season I wish they didn't do. I think there's a maybe I don't know. I don't know how they should have done it, but I think they put them over way too much. Because now whenever like like to me, like Pat should die immediately as soon as like Sportsmaster looks at him, and Mikey definitely shouldn't be able to get anything on Sportsmaster. I don't care if his back's turned. Just by, the, again, the billing they gave them. So, but other than that, I thought that the kind of unveiling of the actual plan was great. Because that was the big reveal we were all waiting for. What exactly they're trying to do. And I heard it. I was like, oh, this is awesome. I love this. Um, the action scenes were good. I, I like the action scenes. Uh, I like... I don't know. I like how they. I really like how they use Sportsmaster. Like I really like how they like how they like show his strength and show his like absurd hand eye technique. How they like are able to bring that to the screen. Uh, it's like a very unique thing. It's not easy to do. Like he's a very obscure, bizarre kind of character, and I think they do a great job of it. So I loved his scene with Pat. I thought that was probably my favorite scene. Um, and I'm ready for the, I'm ready for this showdown. I'm ready for this official showdown. Uh, I think the Justice Society once again is gonna <laughs> is gonna be buried, even though they were put over crazy to start the whole season. But this has been a fun show. Again, I don't know if you've stayed for all twelve episodes. You get to, I mean, I think thirteen is gonna be a blast. I, I, I've had so much fun watching this season. Pleasantly surprised at how great this has been. But what do you think, Sham? Yeah, I mean, I think this. I agree. I think I think the show's been great so far. Um, I thought this episode was. Um, I mean, I just I thought it was another great episode. This felt very much like a setup episode for the next episode. Yeah, I can see why it's part one, part two. So I mean, it's hard for me to even. I feel comfortable judging it as its own episode. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't feel finished. It doesn't right? feel like a finished episode, but I thought it was good nonetheless. Um, I thought the fight scene in the house was good. Um, I mean, Brainwave has his own Cerebro, which I'm like, geez, they built him a Cerebro? Yo, he, yo, a Cerebro, right? I was thinking the same yeah, thing. Yeah, uh, they brought him in their room. I'm like, dad, they built him a whole Cerebro. <laughs> when this happened. <laughs> <laughs> like, Dragon King's been watching a lot of X-Men. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I mean, they say Shiro Ito has been, hasn't been around for, like, 50 years. He's had plenty of time. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, it's 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 good. The writing is good. The effects are good. The actors and actresses do a fantastic job. Um, especially all the villains. All the villains do a wonderful job. So, 
yeah, I'm I'm 100% on board. I am excited to see the finale. And Justice Society is a bit... Um, I mean, they hyped them up a lot with having them kill the Justice Society. So, you know... I mean, I don't, I don't think they're going to be completely beaten in the next episode, but the fact that they're more than likely... Their plan isn't going to be a success is even so, it's a little, you know... It's going to be like, okay, how? You know? My hope is maybe that night guy will... I don't know. Something will yeah, happen with him. Shining yeah. Knight will do something, or that would be kind of anticlimactic. If he was or the one that kind of Green Lantern or something, I don't know. There's some Green, Green Lantern. Alan Scott shows up. Alan Scott shows up. Whoa. You know, but hey, I mean, who knows? But either way, I'm excited for the next episode. It was cool to see. Um, we did get a little bit of backstory on Fiddler and how the Fiddler, mm-hmm. the wife, is yeah. is the principal. The, yeah, the wife. Yeah. Um. Do we think Fiddler Jr., do we think that that's going to be a uh, situation? Is this show show becoming a little overboard with the whole Fiddler Jr., High School Jr., Artemis Jr., Brainwave Jr.? Jr. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, it's a little too much. Um... Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, like the legacy thing... Like it was, it was, it was cool when you know Brainwave or High School rather told Brainwave to take out Mike because we can't have a legacy running around. But like, there's literally everybody involved in the legacy besides what's like, it called Wildcat and Star. Yeah, Wild, well, Wildcat, Wildcat, and the other girl, Beth. Oh yeah, and Beth. Yeah. You know, yeah. Star Girl. We don't really know the deal with her. We assume that there's nothing there, but who knows? But I mean, her, her even even if there isn't a biological thing, I mean, her stepdad is Stripesy. Right. Exactly. So even that is still. Some yeah, kind of connection. Still connection, you know. So it's 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 odd, um, but we'll see in season two where, what characters they introduce that aren't going to be related. I love. I think what I think this show needs. I guess you could argue they have it with Pat, but I think they need someone else. What and what I'm going to mention is I think they need like what we saw in the next Avengers movie. We saw the next Avengers movie where it was all the the animated movie was all the animated kids that were the kids of the Avengers. Um, but they had Tony Stark. And I guess Pat is kind of supposed to be their Tony Stark. But, like, they need someone else that's, like, an actual JSA member to still be alive. Well, I, Shining, I think Shining Knight. <sighs> Shining, Shining Knight can also can be that so guy loopy. whenever he remembers who he is. Yeah, he's, he's so loopy right now. Like... Oh, again, I'm hoping for like a Green Lantern or someone to still be alive, but um, Jay Garrick or, or and again, those are those are shots in the dark. Imagine if Jay Garrick were to come back as with Wesley John Shep, that would be wild. But um, going off on a tangent, no, this episode though was very good. Um, I agree that the 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 Pat versus Sportsmaster fight was really really good. Um. Sportsmaster, uh, they they've done a good job. What you said, kind of highlighting the hand-eye coordination, highlighting the athleticism, things of that nature. Um, I the the Artemis Stargirl fight I thought was also cool. I think the this I think they were trying to I think the moment that they were trying to encapsulate with both of those fights and how they ended was that Pat and Courtney need the mom. Barbara and Mike. Like, you know, like, they would have both lost those fights had they not been there. 
Mm, so even though they aren't powers, they both were ended with the other two kind of stepping in and making it a fair fight. Mm. So I think that was one of the things they were trying to uh, show there. Um, the Project New America thing is definitely interesting, definitely a twist. Um, there is a part of me that I could see Icicle being the being like the overall, and maybe even Brainwave also being a, a down with it. Some of the others, I'm like, I don't know. Maybe it's just because we don't know the characterization of them yet. But like, why do why would Sportsmaster and them care about this? Why would Sportsmaster? Why would Gambler? What's Dragon King game? Dra- Dragon King's the one where I'm like, wh- wh- why does he care? Isn't he like some war criminal? <laughs> yeah, you would think that. Yeah, you would think that. Uh, you know, <laughs> like World War One, Japan was. Yeah. I don't, they, this was not their platform. <laughs> I'll tell you that they were not. They, this was. They were. They didn't. They didn't run on the Bernie Sanders presidential platform. <laughs> that didn't happen. So I like, think a lot of people. I think the U.S. and they would. We would have let them rock if, right. if. I think all the other countries would let them rock. If that's how they wanted to approach this. Not. So, not what he's doing. So that that that's the that's the part of it where I'm like, all right. So I can see, and I think they're tr- they're trying to sell you that this is ultimately Jordan's vision. And the yes, parents. I think that's the grandparents are a very mysterious character. We got to learn more about them. Yeah, I hope that we I hope we do. Some a part of me, you know, sometimes shows always have like just loose threads. They feel like they're going to be the loose threads of the season. I hope yeah. not, but I feel like we're never going to know what they're doing. What we need, or at least I don't know if we need this, but we need like. Some version we don't need this, but it could be interesting, especially if next season they take the Riverdale route where they expand it from thirteen episodes to like twenty two, which I hope they don't. But if they do decide to do that, because shows typically, you know, they get oversaturated when you do that. But, um, but if they do expand, I'd be cool to getting a, a period piece episode. We're showing them younger, maybe showing other characters younger that are old, that were older, but. Like, because who were they? What, like, why do they feel this way? Why are they, like, all about Project New America? Like, it's very odd, considering this seems to be something that's, like, runs in the family. So, well, I think, you know, I mean, even for white immigrants, the immigration story is a very hard story for almost anybody. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, I, obviously, I think they're, ice, they're from Iceland, I want to say. Uh, there's some Norwegian type country. I thought it was Iceland when he said it earlier. I believe it, I believe it is Iceland. Yeah, so they're they're immigrants, and this country has never been really all that welcoming to immigrants ever. So, <laughs> so now, super villains that want to. Well, them. no, I think the idea is them. You know, <laughs> a lot of their pla- this platform is about acceptance in the end, acceptance right. and empathy, and could like your tough life and your the abuse you maybe you've taken lead you to feel like, well, all right, if we y'all ain't gonna just give it to us we're gonna take it by force it's a crazy story but yeah i think that that could be where they're that could be where they're going you know um and in one set like in other on the hand they seem very traditional like the way they just want to just take some guy's wife and just make him jordan's wife like that's very non-progressive so i don't know i don't know i don't know where they fit into this i don't know if this is their vision per se yeah Uh, i also i also feel like with the villains my theory is I don't think the villains are really all that down for this um, platform. I think this is very much Jordan's thing. I think the other villains are just like, yo, we're going to have mad power. And they don't really care about the platform. And, in fact, I think they may sabotage it the first chance they get if, if somehow they got this to work. Because I think yeah. they're all about themselves. And I think they're just like, hey, this guy has a villain. This guy has a plan to, like, 
uh, take over everybody's mind. Like, this would be great. I also wouldn't be surprised if somehow uh, Brainwave finds a way to tell them a completely different message than the message that Jordan gave him. In fact, I think there's a great chance that's what happens. Because um, Brainwave, we know, has a warped view of humanity because of his ability to, you know, read everyone's darkest thoughts. Right. So, I mean, if there's, I mean, none of them seem like the kind of people that would be for any of this stuff. But, I mean, to me, Brainwave is one of the ones that definitely stands out where it's just like... Yeah, Brainwave... Does, like, why would he, why would he like, think everyone needs universal health care? Like, he thinks most of the people are, you know, scours on society that they shouldn't even exist. So... Yeah. Um, so I think that the I I think when we talked about like you know will Icicle get redeemed I I, I lean that he will I think that they're gonna realize oh he they're, they're not pushing my vision they're doing something else and then he might try to have to work with them to to stop them that's my that's how I think this is all gonna end up. Interesting. Um, yeah, I mean I, I'm I'm fascinated. I do we think there's going to be some sort of really big moment in the finale? You know, a season two? Um, season, no. Or kind of a closed kind of book? That like, What do you mean by big moment? Like, I don't think there's going to be a major death amongst like, like the protagonists or anything like that. Yeah, major death would be one thing. No, I don't see that. I, I mean, maybe that maybe like someone from the Injustice side, but not, not any of them. Right. You regulars. know, reveal of another JSA member, hint towards another JSA member showing up or being around. or That that I can see happening. That's I was say, yeah, I was going to say certainly. You know, yeah. I think that, it has to do something for this T season two. They can't just be like, oh, we yeah. won. I mean, yeah. That's see you guys next season. Sometimes, I mean, did Titans do anything? Well, Titans had Trigon, right? Well, oh, Titans, yeah, Titans' tri- whole thing was Trigon. This, this is off topic. This is back on Doom Patrol. But the, 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 the stuff with Dorothy should is what we should have gotten with Trigon and Raven. But yes, one hundred percent. That's a, a whole other conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I mean they have to do something. You know, they're not just gonna. Well, we won. We, see you guys next season. You know, it's, it's good. there's gonna be some kind of hint towards something coming in the future. Right. And I think knowing this show is gonna be something something that will make us want to see season two. Yeah. John doesn't feel like him and Berlanti are pulling any punches right now. Yeah. Especially so, not with this show. Well, yeah, yeah, not with this show. So I assume that there will be some sort of pretty big tease. Again, Star Girl kind of, you know, now the Superman showing up, something in the in the vein of what we'll But I mean Star Girl. But, but to be fair though, like, you know, John's and you know Berlanti well the Johns he didn't work on Titans, did he? That's just a Berlanti thing. Uh, John's is involved. Yeah, so he's involved at least. I mean, you look at Titans. I mean, remember we got you know Superboy tease after season one. Like they did a lot in terms of it wasn't just Trigon. I think that if history yeah. tells us one thing, I think it does tell us that yeah, they're gonna go big with something. I don't know what it is now. No, this does, this show doesn't seem to do nearly as much fan service as Titans does, but I think that you know DC Universe has been like their platform to kind of like do a lot of this like really big stuff in terms of like you know teasers and things like that and I think they're going to take the opportunity with this I don't think it's going to be in a death like I said I don't, I don't see that happening but in terms of like something to kind of look forward to uh, something that if you know they weren't they obviously we know they were never in any jeopardy because CW loved the show but if they were in kind of jeopardy putting something out there that would make the fans crave a season 2 and make DC Universe 
you know, difficult to cancel it. Like, do they were gonna put something at the end? Do we think? Do we think that we'll get another speedster? That's not Jay Garrick, like a kid speedster. Eventually, a Jesse Quick, uh, a Bart. Allen I hope type. not. I I don't. We, I don't need that. I think it's possible. It's possible, but I don't. I don't need that. I don't. I mean, we we have a Man, flash show where we've seen quick. Barry Maybe. Allen, Wally West, Jesse Quick, and Jay Garrick. I don't need. I don't need another speedster. And now I think the CW yeah, right. aspect makes it oh, yeah, feel yeah. like well, you know. That would make sense that you'd have a speedster on CW, but they didn't know that when they were making this show. I don't think they knew that they would be going to CW when they were making this show yeah, in the season finale. So I don't think that we'll see like a season a speedster on this season. Um, I agree with them. Next season, I think. No, no, no. no. I'm possible. not saying this season, but just in terms of the future of the show. Oh, very possible. This is a flash. Is on that show on that network. Yeah, it's very possible. Yeah, I don't need it. I don't really want it, but it's possible. What's more likely that we get? A speedster and or Jay Garrick, or we get a, a kid with a Green Lantern and or Alan Scott, or it means not a ring, maybe it's the, the actual lantern. <laughs> uh, I would say the lantern thing is more. Well, I think the lantern is more likely. More likely. I think they're both going to happen. I don't know if it's going to be a legacy situation or like a kid pretending to, not pretending, but a kid succeeding that character, but I think we'll certainly see both of them. At some point, mm-hmm. and John Wesley Ship will be Jay Garrett. I don't know who will be Alan Scott, but I think we will see both of them. Because John's, like you said, John's isn't pulling any punches. And those are two completely in line with the JSA characters that are you would argue you can make the case the two biggest. So, yeah, absolutely. I think that's a good place to leave it, guys. So, uh, thank you guys all for listening in to this edition of the New Generation Hero Talk podcast. Of course. You can catch all of our shows on the New Generation Podcast Network. You can find that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Also, be sure to check us out on YouTube, New Generation Media. Uh, make sure you follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, New Generation Pod, on Instagram, New Generation Podcast. And on Facebook, New Generation Media, Shamari can be found on Instagram and Snapchat, MCSham22. You can find me on Twitter, EJ underscore Stewart, and on Instagram, Action EJ. Thank you guys so much again for listening in. Kendall, Shamari, I'm EJ. Take it easy, guys. Peace.